plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning this morning, good morning this morning, happy, 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 happy Tuesday, happy Tuesday everybody, happy, happy, oh, there's a lot going on, but first ladies and gentlemen, let me open up the cold brew, ah yes, the unsweetened cold brew. If you don't mind me, I'm going to take a sip. That's cold brew the way it's the way it needs to taste, people. That's how it goes. That's how it. That's how it's done. There. It's still Starbucks, but you know what? At this point, I'm fine with that. I'll gladly support the Starbucks product as long as it is coming from the sweet. Hands of friends and into my hands as black, unsweetened, cold brew. That's right, people. Next time, I'm going to put ice in it. Tomorrow, I'll get a cold brew, and I'll have a cup with ice just for the heck of it, just because. Oh, we've got things going on this morning. So much to talk about. Avenetti now gets a restraining order against him. Nobody cares. The... Migrants invade Tijuana. Nobody cares. 
We've got uh, Ivanka with some kind of email scandal brewing. We've got uh, what's-his-face texting me this morning, Mark Kaysen, saying lock her up. And we've got CNN calling for Michelle Obama to run in 2020. That would be great. I mean, that would be excellent. Because, once again, the Democrats simply do not have a message of any consequence. They have to actually, what they have to do, here's what they have to do, people. This is what they have to do. Let me tell you what the Democrats have to do. Let me tell you something here. What they have to do is they have to simply adopt, they have to be Republican, basically. They have to be the Donald Trump Republican Party, but they have to put lipstick on a pig for themselves. And I don't, I'm not calling Michelle Obama a pig. What I'm saying is that they're going to have to have somebody out in front who can trick people into believing they're a new Democratic Party. That's what they have to do. I'm not here to give them advice. I'm just saying that's obviously what they have to do. They have to pretend, A, they're not Democrats, and and they have to uh, be Republicans. Because I'm, I'm hearing all these Democrats saying, we must, ad- we must address and talk to the working man. Well, you know, that's already been done. There's not uh, jack crap a Democrat's going to do for the working man unless they just simply become Republicans. Because what Democrat policy helps the working man? Can anybody name one damn policy from the Democrats that helps the working person? They're all about spending. They're all about taxing. They're all about environmental restrictions and regulations. What the hell can they do for, for, for the working man that is of, of any significance at all? So what they have to do then is they have to be fake. They have to bring us, you know, masquerade with Michelle Obama. Look, there's the Democratic Party. It's like, it's still going to be the Democratic Party. There's no way they're going to change their platform or anything of that nature. There's there's no way they're going to just suddenly just decide that they're different. Except if they come up with a new face and just pretend they're different. Oh, Allison Camerata, there. Mr. Really- Obama compared himself to Jay Z, referencing the instances when the rapper appears at his wife's concerts and surprises her on stage. Whatever happened to her book tour, by the way? I know that I know that she did that one bit that I broke down not too long ago. She did a whole interview on ABC's Good Morning This Morning show. Good Morning This Morning. I, I need to have a TV show called Good Morning This Morning, everybody. It would be good morning this morning, everybody. That's uh, you know, and, and, and well, I kind of do have a I do have a TV show called This Morning. Good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning this morning, everybody. And good morning this morning, everybody. Welcome to Good Morning This Morning, everybody. That would be kind of awkward, but I would still do it anyway. Anyway, let's go this way. And also, I guess being married to a superstar. The crowds that she's getting, the rock star-like reception she's getting, what does that mean? Michelle Obama getting a rock star reception as she promotes her memoir. Mm. Would she consider a run as so many people are? Oh my God, how many more times does she have to be asked before we look? Um, oh, gosh. This is CNN. This is Allison Camerata and her personal slave, whoever that guy is, who must agree with her, I'm sure. 
she gets to kind of sit a little bit in front of him, and he sits a little bit behind. He's like her little eunuch. Here, come here. Get your balls cut off and just be right here with me and agree with everything I say. Damn it. I'm Allison Camerata. God, Al- how many more I'm times does she have to damn be? Damn it, Arata. Listen to me. As she promotes her memoir, mm. would she consider a run as so many people are? Oh my God. I don't know, Mommy. What, what, whatever you say. How many more times does she have to be asked before we look? At least one more today. Okay. You know, they, 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 sound, they sound like just like the, the little rehearsed deal going on. Who is this lady? Some people are wondering if Michelle Obama herself is considering some public service, if she would run for president ever. She's going to use her incredible platform to be a fourth. Valerie Jarrett. Good. But not in politics. Were you the one that lied about Benghazi, or was that Suzanne Rice? I, I was, I, I, yeah, yeah. You can bank on that. So you're saying there's a chance? No. <laughs> no. no. Come on. I mean, honestly, Alison Camerata, when she interviews Republicans and when she interviews anybody conservative, she looks like she's got, like, permanent resting B-face. You know what I'm saying? But when she's interviewing somebody about Michelle, she suddenly has a smile on her face. It's like... I've never seen you smile in my in my lifetime. Look at you, and you're talking about Michelle Obama. So that's what they have to do, folks. They have to basically pretend that they're not who they are. And the best way to do that is to get somebody basically off the grid. What President Trump did that was different from what the Democrats are trying to do is that the Republicans didn't want him. They they didn't want Donald Trump around. They wanted to be the regular old Republicans, and they thought maybe they could get away with it once again. And they also wanted to lose to Hillary because Republicans had gone into a, a phase, a habit of losing elections but making seemingly plenty of money while doing it, writing books, raising money for individual races and having someone like Hillary and the Obamas was perfect for them because they could just simply run against them all day long. They could, they could, they could, they could run against them and raise money and, and have, you know, book tours for their, you know, Ben Sass and all those people, Glenn Beck, you know, all, all the, uh, some of the conservative commentators last night I was listening to this. Uh, I was listening to, uh, Martha McCallum, and she was interviewing Benson and Harf, which it's like a radio show. It must be a insufferable radio show. I don't know where Benson and Harf is on the on the dial, or whether it's you know in a in some kind of a uh, I don't know where it is. I think it's on Fox or something. I think they do this from the same studio as Kilmead. I don't know, but it's Guy Benson who was a never Trump little insufferable punk on Twitter for throughout the entirety of the election. And then there was Marie Harf, who used to work for the State Department under Obama, and they've got some kind of radio show. And I had to listen to them break down how uh, they wish that President Trump didn't say this and didn't say that in the, in the Chris Wallace interview. And they're, and they're trolling every single part of his language and trying to break it down, saying, I really wish he didn't put it that way, wish he didn't put it that way. And most of us are like, oh, please, people. But that's the old school, the guy bent, the, the old National Review people. What Donald Trump did is Donald Trump revamped the Republican Party and indeed even saved it. And Donald Trump managed to become the new Republican Party. There's no way the Democrats are going to be able to become the new Democrats unless they become Republican.
Because what about again? I ask you, and and it's not that you you care. It's not that you have to uh, uh, you have to come up with it. But but what exactly can they do that would help help them get a message across where where they would actually seek out and and win over the working man? How, what what exactly would they be doing that would help them? transform their appearance before the American people because the, because the fact of the matter is there's nothing they can do except become Republican because the Republican Party right now is a party of lower taxes, deregulation and revamping trade deals and making America first again in the world. So what exactly would a Democrat do that would change things other than come up with a new face and that's going to be their key. I hate to give them them any kind of uh any any, any kind of advice on this matter, but uh, my advice to them would be join the Republican Party cuz that, that's the way you're going to be able to do it. And by the way, Michelle Obama has a better chance than Michael Avenetti because there's an actress who is seeking a restraining order against Avenetti after he was uh, arrested last week on the uh, felony domestic violence. Her name is Mariyalali Minidiwiadi, and she filed her petition in Santa Monica. She was uh, given a follow-up hearing on the 10th of December, and uh, he issued a statement Shortly after the news of the court filing broke, he said, I look forward to a full clearing of my name and disclosure of all the facts. I have never abused a woman or committed domestic violence against anyone. Any claim to the contrary is completely bogus and fabricated. I am a target, and I will be exonerated, he wrote. Well, now he knows how it feels to be a target, that's for sure, because he did post $50,000 bail and released it about uh, four hours after his uh, arrest, and I hope that he is given all the elements of the justice system that he didn't give to Michael Kavanaugh. I hope that he is ultimately uh, a man who is uh, going through the system and so far innocent until proven guilty. So Michael Avenetti, we give you all the benefit of the doubt. You guys saw how, for instance, there was a blue wave in California, namely Orange County. And this is where we get into a little bit regarding Fox News. A while back, I told you that Fox News announced that the Republicans had already lost the U.S. House of Representatives. This was 90 minutes before the polls closed in California. And unfortunately... That might have changed the course of history in Orange County. Orange County, California, you know, that for a long time in electoral history, Orange County had been a largely Republican stronghold uh, for decades. And it was clearly it was clearly going a little bit to the democrat side already uh, according to some polls but on election night republicans lost all seven congressional seats 
And a number of those seats were squeakers. They were very, very tight. For instance, in the 28th district uh, there in Orange County, in that area there, uh, a Democrat beat a Republican by less than 300 votes. And there were 140,000 votes cast in the 39th, and the Democrat won by a little more than 4,000. And that race was just called on Saturday because it was it was so close. In the 45th district, the margin was 51 to 48, a margin of about 9,000 votes, which is significant. And again, you'd have to assume that, like, I would never, if I heard that a race was over, I wouldn't decide not to vote. But some people might just do that. Uh, and 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 here's here's the issue regarding um, regarding how people vote, and, and and how certain people vote early and on election day, and. While this election was a little different because there were more Republican voters who did vote early, the reality is that Democrats tend to be the ones that early vote and Republicans tend to be the ones that vote on election day. So oftentimes after hours or after the workday turnout is really important for Republicans. But for about 87 minutes, this is logged in by Newsbusters and Breitbart, for a crucial 87 minutes, between 6.30 local time, when Fox announced the election for the U.S. House of Representatives was over, and 8 o'clock, when the polls closed, Orange County was told that voting in an important national race that might have been a motivating factor to get in or remain in line was futile. And there are some people who might, you know, again, I I wouldn't do that. But there are some people who would, who would possibly go and be on their way. Let's put it this way. You're in traffic in California, and you've got something to do and, you know, voting isn't easy. There are a lot of people who, like, for instance, on their way to work would have to get up really early to vote. And, you know, that's not easy. You have to really you have to really try to vote. You have to really get in there and get in and, and, and make an effort to do it. You know, I, I had, uh, you know, my, my day was easy because I, I was out of here after nine and I was able to do what I I had the afternoon or the, at least the early morning to go ahead and do what I wanted to do. And so I was able to vote. It was easy. The lines were still long then. But imagine being the person who's the, in California. The polls are still open, but it's 6.30 local time. And, you know, you're – what would you you're you're on your way to you need to get home or go to go to have a drink i don't know you 
you were going to go meet some people afterwards. Where I, I don't know. I'm just imagining, imagining somebody who, if they didn't have to vote, might say, all right, then I won't. Like, how many people might do that? And again, uh, you and me, we, we might be different people, uh, but, but I, I would still vote. But, if, but, but I don't know, though. If you heard that the election was already over and that, the, and that the, the House was already overtaken by Republicans or Democrats, would you go ahead and, and go ahead and, and commit that next 45 minutes of your evening or hour of your evening to go and stand in line and, and vote? I don't know. I know there are some people who are very busy, and if they didn't have to vote, they wouldn't. If a race was, you know, already a done deal, they wouldn't go. So it's not exactly beyond the realm of comprehension that that irresponsible calling of the election for the entirety of the country and saying that the the uh, the House of Representatives was already owned by Democrats – it's not beyond the realm of comprehension. There were some people who just didn't go vote. Now, generally, it's not a rule, but generally, media outlets are supposed to wait until all the polls have closed before calling a race, until all the votes have been cast. Unless the Secretary of State or something, like there were some races that were called that they still didn't know about, I mean, in Florida and beyond. But, but, it's not it's 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 not just a matter of being polite and respectful but generally what happens is it can be an easy way for media outlets cuz we saw this happening in 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 among the liberal media generally the liberal media they like to call elections for democrats early and so it's an easy way to for media outlets sometimes to meddle in election because you're discouraging voter participation. And when you're doing that, you know, that's not right. And, and, and here's an example. Uh, sometimes the media will get the, the early calls wrong. Like, for instance, during the 2000 presidential election, uh, and this is Breitbart speaking here. A number of news outlets not only called Florida an hour before the polls closed, but they called it for Al Gore. Remember that? They, 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 called, they called that race for Al Gore. And, and that was wrong. But that was an example of the, of the news media manipulating things and and in my opinion, attempting to change the course of that presidential election by suppressing the vote. There are people who will never know, and this is Breitbart again, whether or not the early call did cost the GOP Orange County. But look at the races and how how tight they were and how in many of these very populous areas, things were determined by 300 to 4,000 votes. 
And he, by the way, these are a lot of these are a lot of votes cast, by the way. So it's not beyond the realm of comprehension that, you know, especially if you're a Republican if you, and you've got Fox News on your radio or you're listening to them. Then uh, you're being told the race is over. I think that's responsible. And and then and then uh, and this is kind of a Breitbart anti Fox News uh, deal. And I could be, and I guess I can go. I mean, I I uh, I by the way, I'm probably not going to be a uh, contributor there. I've I think I've had uh, I I think I've had my company and the the other radio station pretty much. Uh, and, and I don't. I mean, I don't blame them. Uh, but I, I'm I'm fairly certain that they all stepped in and and I think derailed the possibility of me being on uh, as a contributor because there are competitive forces at play and because some of these people are on you know with us uh, and, and and even though you know Judge Napolitano's on with us uh, the. He's not over there at ninety seven one, but some of the people still are. And Kilmeade actually has a show over there. I don't think Kilmeade got in the way of it, but as you know, he was uh, he was ridden pretty hard about having me up there at Fox News and basically being my host up at Fox News, and he got a lot of crap for that. And and they and they threw ninety seven one a bone by putting Glover on his sh- on, to, to fill in as his host. But uh, so I and I and I'm pretty sure Intercom, which actually has a couple of uh, syndicated shows. I know, for instance, uh, some of Intercom stations I, I think have Todd Starnes' show on them. And Todd actually told me he couldn't be on with me, even though ultimately he could. But I, I have a feeling Intercom kind of uh, they're a pretty big media company, and. I honestly believe that that they have they polluted the waters enough that uh, they didn't want me to to gain any more prominence in this community or nationally uh, than they wanted to. And there's also the possibility that that you know the damage done by by Stacey Newman and her slow stepson Drew and and the lies told by the media that. It's a it's a strong possibility by then. When I mean, once you're headlined in the Washington Post as threatening sexual assault on a teenage boy, it's kind of hard to co- recover from that. When people when people Google your name and you come up as a person who's threatened to sexually assault somebody, it's kind of hard to overcome that let's just say that somebody at fox news and and the person i talked to she went ahead lauren she went ahead and and did that my name pops up as a a, a person who's threatened to sexually assault a shooting victim so that that's how that that's how that uh came over so i i don't know so it's a mixture of things so i'm not you know so so when I when I tell you some of these things that like for instance Breitbart suing at Fox News, it's not a it's not from a point of bitterness or anything. But but I, I have noticed that Fox News is not as uh, courageous as it once was. And by the way, uh, 
we are working on on some things regarding this uh, the, the the some of the other lawsuits that are coming. Now that I have the Intercom lawsuit uh, settled, uh, the, we've we've went ahead and and now moved on to the uh, to the rest of the of the deal here, and so that's going to include some other people being enveloped in some other suits. So don't don't worry about that. That's that's all coming, but. I'm just giving you the circumstances surrounding uh, what has, uh, I think, transpired with the Fox thing. Anyway, Breitbart not only points out that Fox could have actually affected the GOP election there in Orange County, but they compiled a list of things uh, in the just in the last few months that Fox has done that has been really kind of interesting. And I've noticed a change, too. I mean, I've... I don't know whether you all have or not. I mean, I know that the the evening time remains a a a powerhouse. The evening time remains a really uh, strong lineup. I mean, you've got Tucker and you've got uh, you've got all the other folks out there, uh, Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity, and, and they're doing they're doing great work. I mean, they're, they're still you know Fox News is still rocking there in the evening time. Uh, I, I'm not. Martha McCallum's okay, but uh, but I am not, you know. And Father Tom, yeah, R- R- Radio Fielman 2.0, we're getting everything set. And then I think by the I, – I, I'm kind of waiting to see what's going on with these new uh, possible radio endeavors. So we're just kind of uh, just trying to figure that out uh, right now. So that, that could change the dynamic of RFA 2.0. But believe me, by the time the uh, the new year comes around – Probably late December, but we're gonna. We might just wait until the new year to to un, un, unroll it all. But I, I noticed. Oh, is that right, uh, Michael? There's no fair and balanced on their logo anymore. That's interesting. Yeah, thank you, Margaret. I I don't know. I you know it's okay. Thank you for looking out for me. But 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 we'll we'll we got it taken care of. Don't you worry. You listen, you guys. We're in a new. We're kind of in a new frontier. So. Keep in mind, I'm not really as dependent on these other machinations as, as you might think. And so a lot of it is just simply about monetizing and making – because we have a pretty strong network as it is right now. And so it's just about monetizing it and getting it up. And we've got all these great sponsors, and we've got many more lined up to join us when RFA uh, 2.0 starts. And I really have appreciated, for instance uh, – Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing being one of the first out of the blocks and uh, and 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 ready to rock and roll for us. Uh, they've always been studio sponsors here, and so for all your trucking needs and all your fleet needs, uh, the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing DD Truck USA is uh, is where it's all at. So, uh, all right, hey Mark, listen, uh, I told you I may or may not call you, as I've told you before. Do not come onto the Facebook feed and start your own show. I'll friggin' block you. Just because I'm not calling you doesn't mean then you go onto the Facebook feed and start your own damn show. That's not what my Facebook feed is for. So I, I didn't call you about Ivanka. I might, but why don't you hold tight, okay? Keep your undies out of a bundle and hold tight, but do not start a separate show on my Facebook feed. I'll reach in there and and throat punch you. So anyway, back to Fox News. So Breitbart then 
uh, he he's he's doing the locker up thing with with Ivanka, and I'll get to that in a second. But 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 I'm I'm right now conducting Radio Free Almond, and I'm chatting with people on Facebook and doing uh, and, and talking here to people on the stream. Don't get on there, and I'll block you. And and I I also will. Uh, destroy any hopes of you ever having a show on Radio Free Elman. In fact, I'll, I'll, decide, I'll, I'll, I'll end my relationship with you over this. I'll divorce you. All right, so uh, Breitbart then uh, points out that the uh, – the, uh, by the way, hey, uh, Father Tom, when you go to uh, the smokehouse, what's going on over there? They got bacon over there? Sounds like they do. All right, so here's the deal. And, and, then, and now I'm talking to Facebook, and I and everybody on the stream is like, going, "Why are you talking to Facebook?" I got it. But thank you, Margaret. Thank you, guys. Yeah, see, Mark, they don't they don't appreciate you coming on there and just trolling everybody while they're trying to listen to the show and have their own interactions and everything else. And and but and 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 don't get they'll eat you alive. My people will. Let me tell you something about that. All right, so uh, Fox News and Orange County. There's a Breitbart story about how they might have affected that election by calling it early and shouldn't have. Fox News has changed, by the way, because uh, Murdoch's uh, sons run it now. It's no longer Murdoch. And so they have relinquished the evening to the conservative folks, which is good, Tucker and Laura and Hannity. But the rest of the day is just a pretty insufferable mix of just namby-pamby pablum. There are some people still on there uh, that 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 do uh, do good work. Some of them on uh, I forgot her name now. Fowler, what's her name? Uh, damn it! How do I how do I forget her name? She's really good. Uh, and, but there's, so there are a lot of really good people. Like the the five uh, or the five is still pretty good, and outnumbered is still pretty good. But but the, all the laffy taffy, laffy chuckle, this and that is just kind of like. Uh, that show with uh, God, I never can remember these guys' names in the morning there. We, and I, I, you know, we had her on uh, the air with us before, Sandra Smith, and that other dude. Uh, oh yeah, Mama K, Catherine Harridge. The reporters are great. Catherine Harridge is awesome, and they did some great reporting from Tijuana yesterday too. I'll tell you more about that. But let me just get to this uh, this list here. So. Uh, in just the last few months, Fox News has backed Jim Acosta's lawsuit, uh, stopped airing that perfectly acceptable illegal immigrant ad that the Trump people put together. They, they were they the, Fox News is one of the outlets that declined to to run that ad, which was perfectly fine. But they got too scared from all the people threatening them and said it was racist and whatever else. They've basically given up a lot of their show to Jorge Ramos, uh, many of their shows, although I have to tell you, one of them was more illuminating than than, than uh, people picked up on. That one time Martha McCallum interviewed Jorge Ramos, basically we saw exactly who was the real – who were who the real people there. They uh, – 
they were remember the panel right after uh Christine Blasey Ford remember all those people were all talking about how her her testimony was uh exceptionally credible w- w- was you know and and, and how, how and how that was uh oh you how could you not if after she testified and Chris Wallace gets on there going how could you not see how unbelievably compelling this testimony is then what happened is the uh, some of the people over there too didn't like the fact that Breitbart uh, uncovered this uh, you know uh, this Google tape and and they claimed that it it proved you couldn't trust CNN, New York Times, or even Fox News, and and they didn't they didn't they didn't like that at all. The Fox News people didn't like that at all, and so. Uh, what happened is that that the Google tape was essentially just ignored by most media outlets, and and Fox was one of them. Uh, Adam Shapiro, who I used to have on the show, was on Fox Business, and he he basically thought this Google tape was a bunch of baloney, but it, it actually was something big. So anyway, you, you know, you guys get the drift and, and you guys know what I'm talking about there. So, uh, keep that, keep that in your pipe and smoke on it for a little bit. And we're going to come back and we're going to follow up on the Ivanka email thing, uh, because that's apparently what, uh, Kaysen believes the Democratic Party will be running on is the Ivanka email when it actually has zero impact on the Hillary Clinton story. It has none whatsoever. And in fact, be careful what you wish for, because if you really, if you, if you actually think that Ivanka Trump ought to go to jail for having this uh, private email, then of course you must think that Hillary Clinton and the claims and the calls to lock her up uh, are actually legit. So, We'll uh, we'll catch Mark on the landmine that only blows up when you step off of it. We'll follow up on the lack of coverage, as we predicted, over the invasion there in Mexico. The Tijuanans are going crazy, but they're not being called white supremacists because they're not white and they're not supremacists. That's pretty clear. They're people who are trying to maintain the integrity of their borders and of their communities, which is not racist. Just letting you know. All right, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem.
What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 114937, 111 West 4 Plaza, St. Louis, Good morning, this morning, everybody. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios, yes, it's Radio Free Almond. The first time ever I saw your face. You don't mind me indulging just a little bit here. You mind? I thought the sun rose in your eyes and the moon and the stars were the gifts you you know this is one of the most awesome songs ever made, right? They pull me off of this? Facebook for this? And the endless skies my love Hey, Damn, man. What the hell's wrong with those people? How could you take me off for that? Darn it. They did, they don't, but they didn't say anything. And the first time I like these people. Ever I, I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? That's one of the things about Radio Free Almond that'll be great is because they don't have the... Uh, we'll have the license. Felt the earth All right. Well, I just, I, I can't, that, they won't let me play the song because they're, 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 they're t- taking me off of Facebook because of it. By the way, how, how did they nail that down so quickly? When was the last time anybody ever played the first time ever I saw your face? How are they able to kind of flag that so quickly like that? Normally they, they, you just sneak a couple in here and there. Man, over a Roberta Flack song from 1972, you people are taking me off of the uh, off of the airwaves for that for on on Facebook for just just for all that. Man, that's kind of like uh, crazy. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Matt to get it back up on Facebook so you all can. Uh, can uh, 
be part of it. I know you. a lot of you are on the stream. How's that stream working, by the way? I, well, you can't talk to me. But I because uh, the we 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 did go ahead and get in touch with the app people, and we did manage to get updates onto the stream, and it. Uh, do we back up? Yes, sir. All right, thank you, Matt. Gee whiz, I will have to tell you, I'm very disappointed in Facebook. Don't they don't they have other things to do than 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 bother me? Over a 1972 Atlantic Records Roberta Flack song. Let me see here. They still, am I still off? No, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just catching up, I guess. Hang on. Let me just uh, do this here real quickly. Figure it out. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't get myself back up there. Well, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised that they were, uh, they, they pulled me off for that. Uh, let me see. Um, is this, is, is this me now? Okay, perfect. Oh, they still, they still have. It still says I'm off, Matt. Are we? Are am I on or am I off? Yeah, it's it still says uh I'm off. I don't know. Um Yeah, no, it's not. Hang on, folks. I'll I'll, I'll get back up. Yeah, it's it's not um Damn. It's it's actually kind of pisses me off, to tell you the truth. It really actually really makes me angry that I can't play a Friggin' 1972 song on 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 my radio show without Facebook yanking it. It must it must there must be something with it with that particular song or something because uh, so what are we not up then? Yeah, it's, it, the the song isn't on anymore. Facebook, kiss my ass, leave me alone. It's not on anymore. So stop kicking me off the air. Goodness gracious. Over one friggin' song. Drives me crazy. Here. Sony Music. Fuck you, Sony Music. Seriously. Assholes. I mean, you know, over over one over one little over one nineteen seventy two song. What's that? It says we're back up on your page. Yeah. Sony Music. You can go shove it. Over or uh, pulling me off the air, off of Facebook over a 1972 Roberta Flack song. I mean, seriously, what kind of jerk holes do you have to be to be that? crazed over a 1972 Roberta Flack song that probably hasn't been played by anybody in the United States for the past 20 years. And, and, and then you pull me off. 
I'm now I'm I'm just I now I'm just being preachy about it, but uh, 1972 people, you take me off the air for that. You'd think Facebook would have something else to do as they're busy losing their shirts on the stock market and everything else. You might not actually have have even them. We might not even be. This might not even be a platform six months from now. For crying out loud, I like Facebook. I really do. I um I get a lot out of Facebook. Uh yeah, I know Brandy, it is it's an epic song, but nobody ever plays it though, do they? I I I bet you I bet you if you scoured the earth and did a did a uh did a sample like if you if you just like in the last week asked God to take a break from cooking for Thanksgiving to do a little bit of a search around the country about who's played the first time ever I saw your face within the past week. God would come down, he would he would take his oven mitts off, and he would lay them onto the oven and announce to the to the world that only Jamie Allman has played Roberta Flax the first time ever I saw your face. And we'd say, thank you, God, for telling me all that. Now you can go back to cooking. And he would say, thank you. I, because last night was kind of tough because I had to oversee the highest scoring Monday night football game in history. So I, I had to do that, help those people out over there. So I've been very busy. <laughs> no, you know what I did was I, Mama K, I had it on. I think I had the first few notes on or whatever. But man, is that a beautiful song, isn't it? You love that song, don't you, people? You're going to go, don't turn me off and go and try to buy it and listen to it on the way to work. Stay tuned with me and then do it on the way home. So anyway, I I, I actually get a lot out of, uh, well, yeah. Hey, Kathy, thank you for the update on uh, on the uh, Radio Free Almond app. Uh, since the fix last week, yes, it has been working perfectly. A lot of you were frustrated by it. Uh, and, and, and the th- fact is the app people were kind of, uh, they, they were, something was wrong and, 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 uh, only they were able to kind of, we finally begged them. Ryan did a great job getting them to, uh, to get it going on. So, um, yeah, but boy, yeah, that's a beautiful song. Anyway, no, I get a lot out of Facebook. I was, uh, I, I love to share stories about my, uh, babies on there. So I, I, that's one of my that's one of my favorite ways of being able to communicate with uh, with the people of the world is uh, is with through my putting my babies on there. I should show you this picture of me from 1985. Look, just like Aiden's. Um, I showed it to Aiden. He goes, "You look like me." I go, "Well, yeah, kind of." Actually, the point was you—you you look like me, but that—that's okay. You—you you knock yourself out. So anyway, uh, like for instance, I put my uh, my my uh, Natalie's birthday typewriter story up there, and that was a fun event because you know I went to a play. I got her vintage, the, the, as I said on the Facebook page. I said there aren't many eleven-year-olds who ask for a typewriter for their birthday, but Natalie did, and I. Uh, went out and 
found a, at, at a place called Jones Typewriter in Maplewood. Uh, and it's really a cool place. These guys are very nice, Vern and the rest of the gang there. I called them and uh, asked them about whether they had kind of like a 40s-style typewriter. I didn't want anything really modern. I wanted something vintage and heavy and that was kind of like a beast, which was looking good and strong. Uh, but I didn't want anything older because I'm working on some things about Sarah Teasdale and 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 about the turn of the century. Uh, she would write in her little books, but she would also then type. But a typewriter from the turn of the century uh, would be very hard to to write on. Would be very hard to 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 utilize for a little girl. I mean, it's it, it's very that's pretty clunky, and you got to be like boom boom. Like they had one. I saw one that was really cool. Uh, it was called. Uh, Blickensdurfer, and that was like from the 1880s. And then, of course, they had the Underwoods and from from the turn of the century. I also saw a World War One typewriter that was used by World War One correspondents. It would fold up into a little little box. And then I settled on the Royal. And what I did was uh, from the 40s. And so I, I called the, the typewriter place and asked them about this a while back, and they said, "Well." We'd have to uh, we'd have to clean one up for you, but you could you know. And, and I go, well, how much time do you need to do that? And they said, well, probably about a week and a half, couple weeks. I was like, Ugh. well, I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and take. Well, how about if I take it home, and then she, uh, then I'll take it back to clean it up to, to you to clean it up. So I'll take it home to give to her, and, and so lo and behold, I go uh, to do that, and I'll be darned if uh, if that darn thing wasn't already cleaned up and ready to go and oiled up and everything when I picked it up from them. And so I brought that baby home and I, uh, I actually wrote Natalie a poem and typed the poem on her typewriter and left it for her. But that's the kind of stuff I put on, put on Facebook. I didn't put all the other pictures of the, uh, of the, uh, of the other typewriters up there, but I, I did notice one thing and then I'll get, to, I'll get to why you're listening to me to begin with in a second here. But they, uh, there's there's a couple things about the royal, and it was from 1940s. Prior to 1948, typewriters didn't have a one key. Did you all know that that they didn't have a one? Because we're looking all over for the one. It's like where's the one on here? There's no one on here. And, and, and up up through up until 1948, typewriters didn't have a one. And one of the things about typewriters is back in the day is that a, a typewriter key was expensive. Like, it was one thing to have typewriter keys, but if you had to, the, the, the fewer keys you needed, the cheaper the typewriter was going to be to make. And it was pretty, it was pretty hard to make. I, can I post pictures on I can't post pictures on here, can I? No. I'll put it up. I'll put it up there, though, uh, Lise, from 1985. I'll juxtapose it with the picture of Aiden. You'll see that, like, whoa, pretty crazy. Anyway, so uh, it didn't have a one key. So what, be, be, uh, up until 1948, what they would do is they would use a uh, a a Roman like a capital I for for the number one, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and, and and it was. Uh, it, 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 so the, the, I don't know why, but they 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 just used the Roman numeral one, and that was 
fine. It actually looked cool when I did the Roman numeral one for, for Natalie's poem, but it looked cool. Then they also noticed on the typewriter that there was no exclamation point key on this 1940s typewriter. So, and that's because back in the day, first of all, very few people used exclamation points anyway in their daily writings and things like that, which I thought was interesting, an interesting cultural phenomenon that, that the, like the, the whole exclamation point was, was unnecessary for the most part because people used words and the exclamation point was not very commonly used. Uh, in in people's daily correspondence. So it, they didn't think it was really necessary. But nonetheless, uh, I had to go on the internet to find, because Natalie wanted to wanted it, um, because, you know, back nowadays, people use emojis and emphasis and all that kind of thing. Generally, back in those days, when people corresponded, they really did, they had, they were very limited in their emphasis and their emotion because it was supposed to be all in the words. Very interesting. So anyway, uh, they do, though, on the Internet, teach you how to do an explanation point, which basically is a comma, uh, no, an apostrophe and a period. That gives you the explanation point. So there you have it. There you are. So when you go bragging uh, about this little tidbit of, uh, of trivia, then, uh, then make sure you can, you can go on there and, and, uh, and, and check it out. And you say you heard it here first on the uh, Radio Free Almond show. So uh, it says that my my broadcast has been interrupted. I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to shoot Facebook is what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, what's that? Oh, it's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be like Elvis when you shoot the TV. I'm going to shoot Facebook. Is that is that a threat? I'm sorry. What I meant, you know what I mean, okay? Gee whiz, people. Let me call Mark Casey. I know you guys don't. Well, this is the last part. I'm, this is going to be a very short conversation because he's bragging to me about uh, – about uh, email, about the Ivanka emails, and he th- he thinks this is this is you know th- this is the uh, locker up moment for the for the Democratic Party. So they're gonna they're all going locker up now. Ivanka. Well, it's uh, good that you're not so mad at me anymore. Well, yeah. Well, you went. You what you did? <laughs> you went on Facebook on the Facebook feed, and then you. Uh, I know. You said I was up. just playing with you, right? But you know what? Then, I fa- know. You know what happened is Facebook then uh, cut pulled me off because of what you said. Well, I'll tell you one thing, and and I'm certainly sorry about that. But I will say this: uh, you've got great taste in music, and all these people that you like, all these musicians, they're all very liberal. I know you know that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about Roberta Flack. Uh, I don't, I don't really, how do you know Roberta Flack is liberal? Well, the funny thing about Roberta Flack, I I, I don't know, but I do know that the other group that, that was also instrumental in making that a famous song was, uh, um, what do you call it? Um, folks, it was a British folk group. Yeah. Well, not, well, come on. I can't even think of their name now. I, I, 
Two seconds ago, I guess that's what well, happened. I think it was. I think it was. Some, it, I think it was. It was uh, Pete, Pete Seeger's wife, I think, or somebody related to Pete Seeger. Uh, no, I'm sorry. There you go, Peter Palmieri. Yeah, Palmieri. Yeah, they they they, they that that yeah. that was. But actually, that that original song was a British folk tune, and it was actually the first time ever I saw your face was actually uh, a lot faster. As a song, that was that 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 version Roberta Flack did was a a very slow uh, version right. of that song. Yes, I know. Yeah, I know all about that. Anyway, song. yeah. So uh, no, I know you do. I know you do. Don't I guess so you don't, learned that in Madison, Wisconsin. Don't right? don't don't try to lay no bougie woogie on the king of rock and roll, buddy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, I know you know your stuff. <laughs> Uh, so really quickly, because, because I don't, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out this, this, this Ivanka use of, uh, sending hundreds of emails, uh, to white house aides, cabinet officials and her assistants using a personal account. Uh, it may have, uh, violated federal records rules. Uh, but we don't know that yet. But you got you now. You're now you're saying lock her up, and I was trying to figure out like, okay, so if you're saying lock her up now over this, then of course, then you you also mean that Hillary should be locked up because otherwise you can't chant lock her up for Ivanka if you if if you won't chant that for the uh, same thing. Now keep in mind though, um, the, the, they they she was not using a separate email server. But she was sending emails. Is that correct? You know, I don't. I don't really know the details. And you know what? I don't think any Democrats really care. I, I, I think we're all just laughing at the fact that, that that those people were out there screaming "lock her up," and now they've done the same thing. And you know what? When you say that they haven't, here's the funny part about it. We said the same thing. We said, oh, it was only about her grandchildren. It was only about the wedding. It was. But the point is, it turned out to be more than that, didn't it? So when she says, oh, it was only my personal scheduling, how do we know? I mean, and not that it really matters anyway, because as I said years ago, when you and I went back and forth on this, who cares? We all use personal email. Right. We all hate our employer's email. It, I don't, I'm not worried about what she did, and I'm not worried about what Hillary did. I'm only laughing at the fact that the Republicans were out there screaming hysterically, lock her up, because as you know, what I'm saying now is I don't want any of the Trump people to go to jail. I am now on a different tack. I am now saying <laughs> that what I want is community service, right. and they're going to rake leaves. Okay, gotcha. But here's the thing, and, and and before you celebrate too early regarding the situation regarding Ivanka, and and how how the Ivanka thing just proves that what Hillary did really wasn't much. You have to understand that there's a huge difference. Not that not that what Ivanka did what didn't violate some rules. But but none none of what Ivanka sent uh, was classified. First of all, oh, 
How do we know? Uh, well, it, it, we don't we know need that investigation. for sure. That, well, there there will be, and I'm, I'm sure there will be. That's how we. <laughs> that's how there's news right now. And also, uh, Clinton uh, was Secretary of State and bypassed government servers entirely. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a big difference. I mean. You know, she she went all the way around government servers, period, whereas Ivanka did not. So there's, there is a little bit of a difference here. I'm not saying Ivanka yep. didn't violate rules, but I am saying that there's a little bit of a difference. This isn't the, just the same thing, and therefore everything is cool. Yeah. Well, first of all, we don't know. And secondly, on if, if anybody really uses their head, we shouldn't care. And the third thing is, I'm much more interested in the next time that I'm in the studio with you looking at those charts and figuring out why Donald is in the, the, the midst of, of a Herbert Hoover moment as opposed to wasting time over Lock Her Up. Yeah. I mean, Lock Her Up is just funny. That's all. It's just funny. Dude, that, that, that graph thing you tried to pull was epic. I sent you the links. Now, you look at it, it's exactly what I sent you in the picture. So check the link. I right. sent it to you. I know. But you cut off Okay. You cut off that line going straight. I didn't up. cut off <laughs> I didn't cut off anything. All right. Okay. Stop it. Okay. Okay, well, uh thanks Be for the good. thanks for the update. Okay. Have a great day. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. You, I'll you, talk to you soon. Do you do Thanksgiving, or is that another American tradition that you uh, assail? Uh, I am thankful mostly for uh, you and Onion Horton and Jim Berger and my family. They're in there, and that's really about it. I mean, I you know, I'm 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 thankful for baseball. Right. And by the way, ten weeks. It's only ten weeks until the pitchers and catchers report. So oh, wow. That I mind. love that. I'm thankful for that for sure. All right. Well, uh, yeah. good. Well, have Be fun. Good. Okay. See you later. Bye-bye. Mark Kaysen and his limited number of things that he's thankful for. I keep my things that I'm thankful for to all about a small group of people. <laughs> Jim Berger and Onion Horton, who's dead, but still he's a good guy. Uh, uh, you, and I'll throw my family in there, I guess, and baseball season's about to start. Boy, can you imagine Marcation doing the, the uh, family prayer for Thanksgiving? Okay, Mark, take it away. Dear Lord, thank you for Onion Horton, Jim Berger, uh, maybe a little bit of my family, and, uh... Baseball season about to start. Oh, and Jamie Allman. So how about to start? So thank you very much for all that and everyone's sitting there and uh, uh, forking through their cranberry in sh- in in shock. You know, I'm I'm being uh, uh, distracted by this uh, by this Facebook. Are you having trouble with Facebook still? Okay, that's mine. Whatever reason mine is going crazy. You guys heard, you know, you guys, uh, you guys know, uh, some of you out there knew what I was meaning um, when I said, don't try to lay no bougie woogie on the king of rock and roll. You guys know, uh, you know, that's uh, Long John Baldry. You know that, right? 
you guys knew you guys know a little bit about uh, that music because you know I've been playing that before. But it's uh, Long John Baldry. John Baldry. I let me see if I can find him someplace. But now I'm afraid that if I do that, then uh, then I'm gonna I'm gonna be pulled off of Facebook. Let me see here if I can find it. If I if I still have it. Yeah, there's Long John Baldry. They gonna pull me off for this? Let me just see if they will or not. Uh, let's see. Don't try to lay no bougie woogie on the king of walk and roll. Oh, this is this is actually. He, he actually John Baldy has a little speech before this, where he talks and he's you know. He says, "Don't try to lay no," and he's talking to you. Don't try to lay no bougie woogie. Don't try to lay no boochie woochie. I'm gonna try to get rid of this, and then I'll then I'll then I'll turn it off right away. I'll try to talk over it really quickly. Yeah. He actually says that I, I'll turn that off so I don't, I don't get caught. But he actually says that uh, in his speech, he calls it bougie woogie. Don't try to lay no bougie woogie on the king of rock and roll. Long John Baldry. I think I have. I think I actually have the original someplace. Original length of it someplace. John Bald. Long John Baldry. Hold on, let me just see here real quickly. Uh, <laughs> you guys, what are you doing? What else are you doing? You guys going to work today? I noticed that some people are kind of like, uh, people are, I think people are, people are taking the whole damn week off, it looks like to me. You people, let me just see if he's talking in this one. Oh, here. Yeah, so I got it someplace. So I, it's, uh, it's a good one because he actually has the full. Uh, he he goes the whole nine yards on his speech and everything else. So you gotta you gotta listen to him sometime. All right. So uh, yeah, interesting. We talked about this yesterday, and the so-called caravan is not uh, endearing itself to uh, the <laughs> to the Mexican population. So now this camp. That was set up for the Central Americans. Of course, we've all been told that, uh, don't worry, these are all just uh, babies, uh, women, and Honduran puppies. Now, you go your merry way. They're going to go here, and they're going to all come. So anyway, now now the camp that there was set up, and this isn't going to end well, by the way. This isn't going to go very well uh, this week, uh, I, I fear. So this camp set up for the uh, migrant caravan now uh, in lockdown, uh, and it was on in lockdown on uh, on Sunday, and now it still remains in lockdown as the Tijuanans were trying to storm the area in protest. Now, of course, I don't know what they were going to wind up doing to these people. I, I don't, wouldn't want them to uh, hurt them or anything. Um, but, but all this is, is exceedingly, uh, dangerous, uh, 
and and yet the networks are just refusing to cover it in large part. ABC World News Tonight and NBC, uh, as of last night, completely disregarded the story altogether. They didn't even they didn't even touch the story, and uh, and keep in mind the the reason why that's important because you're thinking well. CNN did, and I guess MS, MSNBC did or whatever, and so what the hell. Uh, but but the reality is a lot of people get their news. Like my mom, you know, she just turned 90, uh, but she watches the network newscast. There, there still are people who just watch the network newscast because they presume that these newscasts are uh, are the, the newscasts of record, that they're, that they're actually uh, – newscasts that 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 are reliable and and actually a lot of people think that cnn and fox and all those are just cable news and they don't really pay much attention to to those particular things and so they're not you know um all that uh so so they don't watch them so they're but so a lot of people even though obviously this is all dinosaur media and, and and it's and it's not necessarily you know there's a lot of people watching them there still remain um, a great deal of people who are um, uh, paying attention to the mainstream news organizations because they think they are actually uh, a, a news organizations of record. So it's important when they ignore a story like this because that means that there are a lot of people in America who aren't hearing the story. ABC and NBC covered the story when it was just that caravan – when it, and during uh, running up to the midterms and making it kind of a hotbed issue and and talking about American xenophobia and nationalism and tying it all into that, uh, but so but they're not covering this, which is important. Now CBS Evening News though actually has been the been the one that has been uh, according to Newsbusters here treating the caravan pretty seriously, and and. Uh, you know, they covered the protests and everything else on here, and and, and uh, Bill Lajeunesse, William Lajeunesse, who's down there in Tijuana, uh, has has really done a great job covering the story. So, so to Fox News's credit, he's he's actually covered the story very well. But you should hear these people uh, when they talk and and how they talk because uh, they're talking just like. Americans who are concerned about illegal immigrants, and yet uh, they're they're virtually saying the same thing President Trump says, which I find fascinating. And yet they're not being called racist or supremacists or nationalists or xenophobes or whatever. They're actually being their their concerns are being taken seriously. And I don't know why Americans who say the same thing are then treated as if they're uh crazy and horrible and and members of the KKK I don't I don't I don't really get it you know it doesn't make any the US sense today to me. partially closed the busiest border crossing with Mexico for several hours this is to CBS. install new security barriers cars backed up in Tijuana there were protests there over the weekend by locals who opposed to the migrant caravans from Central America 3000 have already poured into Tijuana hoping for asylum in the US I mean they 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 gave it like a, we we call a VO which is a voiceover which isn't necessarily, you know, uh, that that big of a deal, but uh, but.
but so so they didn't like go and interview people. But Fox News Homeland Security Department say they have identified more than 500 criminals traveling with that caravan flow of Central American migrants headed to the U.S. They say the caravan is made up mostly of single adult or teen males who placed women and children at the front of the line in an effort to gain sympathetic media coverage. And there is new backlash tonight against some of those migrants. But it's not from the Trump administration. It's from Mexicans living in Tijuana. <laughs> so that, that's, that's a great way, Brett Barra. Uh, and, and, and we are having, Matt, we are having a lot of trouble with Facebook. People are really complaining, I mean, about it. And I, don't, I think it's just Facebook because they're, they're interrupting the broadcast. Uh, so, I, so we're having, uh, uh, yeah. Diana, no, I'm sorry, matter. They didn't take me off the air for the music. They, they, Facebook is just glitchy. Uh, they did take me off the air for that one song earlier, but I didn't expect them to. So oftentimes they don't take me off the air. I go a whole day without Diana's not happy with me because why does he keep playing me? Knock me out there. I, I didn't. They didn't take me off the air again. They they just are the 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 for whatever reason Facebook and their their video platform is very glitchy this morning. So you can go to the app, I guess, and uh, and. Uh, and, and, and let me know what's up, but but I I think that they're really um um yeah I think they're they're really uh, having problems over there on Facebook. But anyway, when you listen to uh and I, I, and it's not really on our end um it, it there's 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 just a uh, it's just interrupted. I don't know whether it's my broadcast in particular or. Or what it is, but they're uh, well. I mean, there's 22 people listening. I mean, Matt, we have a problem with, fa- yeah. I mean, you know, it's, there is a problem. I don't think it's on our end, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, but I think that they're just kind of, uh, you know, uh, it, it just keeps on there. There's a little bit of a wheel going on, and there's an interruption. But it's not because of any music I played. It's just because of uh, what they're doing. There's hardly anybody on because of uh, because of that. Uh, the app is, uh, yeah, Facebook notified me that it was Facebook's problem. Thank you, Anna. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, uh, yeah, Krista, yeah. No, you guys, wait a minute. I, I, it's not because of music. Stop getting on my ass about the fact that I was, I played the music a little earlier and they knocked me off, but they, but it, now it's just Facebook's problem with their, their interruption there. So, um. I, I, I really generally try to avoid getting kicked off. I'm you know and generally they don't really uh they don't really um they don't really wind up uh pulling me off normally. Anyway, this Brett Bear piece is great because it it's if if only the networks would report the story this way, but the problem is it doesn't play along with the narrative that they want to play along with. Uh they don't they, they they because they they want any negative view of the caravan to remain a Trump is racist. See what you get. See what's happening. Blah blah blah, and and and, and that's what's that's what's going on. So it's really just a uh, uh, a way for them to shield themselves from having to actually do anything uh, about the. Uh, about the story in a in a in a regular 
even-handed way. And so the the Fox people, at least they're covering the story the way it should. But the problem is if, if, if the regular networks reported on this story the way Fox News is, suddenly you'd have people going, oh, Okay, um, so they actually, uh, these people don't want these people there, and then suddenly it's going to dawn on people that, well, so maybe it's not just being racist. Maybe these people are actually concerned about the sovereignty of their country and the stability of their communities, and what's going to happen when an influx of people suddenly just come and and maintain themselves as a subculture, you know, I, that's a problem. And this story is great because it's revealed. National it. correspondent William Lajeunesse is in Tijuana again tonight. Good evening, William. Good evening, Brett. You know, illegal immigration is not new to Mexico. Generations of Central Americans have used it as a stepping stone into the United States. But this caravan, the numbers, how they crossed, how they've acted, seem to have awakened a silent, now vocal minority against them. Tension in Tijuana. We uh, are here because our government has not uh, taken control of these, what we call invasions. I mean, that's pretty amazing. That's that's not a, you know, white Texan. That's that's a Tijuanan. That's a Mexican. That's a brown-skinned man. And had those words come out of, and they have actually come out of you if you're white or or for that matter and they have come out of president trump's hands uh mouth uh he's called a racist and and apparently this is just uh intolerable and 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 you're a xenophobic person and you're a you're a white nationalist and you're this and you're that and and that's pretty amazing when when it comes to how uh, different it is to hear someone of color, let's put it that way, I'll use that terminology, to say those words. Because uh, if you happen to be white and say those words, you're a nationalist and, an, and a racist and a xenophobe. But these people have some really clear and and uh, uh, kinds of uh, concerns about these people coming into their communities. And that's not a bad thing. That's that's something that people are very concerned about. And and for whatever reason, when Americans say it, it's terrible and mean. And when these Mexicans say it, it's uh it's just people being concerned. And maybe if we afforded that same kind of benefit of the doubt to Americans, you know what? Maybe the concern about illegal immigrants really isn't about being racist or about this or about that, uh, maybe it's actually a real concern about communities, about sovereignty, and about stability. Shouting, Hondurans go home and Viva Mexico, riot police Sunday stopped hundreds of Mexicans trying to storm the migrant shelter. They fear crime, a loss of jobs, depressed wages in a country where 40% already live in poverty. I'm not really um, in favor of them coming the way they did. You know, to me, it feels like um, they invaded. I mean, they're using the same terminology that some Americans are using, and and, and yet uh, those Americans who use that terminology are then... uh, 
are, are then treated like they're they're a bunch of racists. I mean that that is just really uh, striking to me. And I and I I played this. I we talked about this yesterday, and and it was a it was a fairly uh, uh, it was it was it was a fairly impactful segment. So I don't need to repeat myself, but it, but just pay attention to what's going on now. Also, pay attention to what's going to be happening, perhaps, uh, with the uh, tail end of this, uh, because you're, you're hoping that these people don't wind up actually being uh, being hurt, and, and that's the that's one of the problems with uh, with this situation is it is that is that we have a brewing potential for violence down there. And uh, that's that's not what we would want. But nonetheless, ultimately, what they're going to do is they're going to have to report this uh, at some point uh, and, and get this thing going, because otherwise, uh, you know, we uh, we are going to wind up in a bad situation here at our borders. It's interesting, though, they wind up in Tijuana and now suddenly uh, it, it is uh, it's a problem uh, and, and the Mexicans are realizing it. Also, uh, by the way, it's interesting. The the uh, Proud Boys. I don't know whether you've heard of these guys or not, but they are um, a group of individuals who uh, I, I've been watching this whole Antifa situation in Portland, and and I don't know whether you guys noticed that the Antifa guys are are back in action in Portland, and in fact, actually wound up uh, wound up. Uh, <laughs> wound up hitting somebody again with bike locks and everything else. And, and it became a big issue down there uh, over there in Portland. And it's funny because when, when, when they describe Antifa as anti-fascist an anti-fascist group, it, it's, it's actually giving Antifa a level of credibility because I mean, what's not to like about people who are, uh, who are anti-fascist, right? I mean, I, I, if you're anti it's like it's like kind of calling them um, anti-racist. I mean, how, who could argue uh, with with the uh, with the the fact that 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 uh, you, you're you're calling yourself anti-fascist? Who isn't anti-fascist? But 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 these people were uh, really harassing and intimidating and and even assaulting people. At this uh, him too rally. Now, now you might say, well, you know, this, this is uh, this isn't right because, uh, you know, uh, how dare them have a a him too rally, and and that they're and that somehow they're they're just agitating. But you know what? You can have any kind of damn rally you want in the United States of America. And you can assemble and say whatever you want and do whatever you want with, within reason that it's not, you know, a threat or whatever else. And, and uh, you shouldn't have to be subjected to a gang of thugs who are going to come and pounce on you and, and, and hit you with bike clocks and injure you. Because because generally our weak ass politicians here in this country will say yeah but you know you were kind of uh, provoking people by having a him too event, and the him too event was on behalf of people who actually are falsely confu- uh, accused of whether it be sexual or domestic violence. 
And, and yeah, is it provocative? Yeah, it is. But it's people taking a stand. It's like it's like you know uh, when 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 blacks were fighting for civil rights, for instance, and and and, uh, and were were sprayed with fire hoses and, and attacked by dogs. What if the response was, well, I, yeah, but you know what? They were kind of provoking. Those blacks were really kind of provoking people. So, you know. Maybe 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 it's the kind of their fault. They're blaming the victim all the time. And so again, uh, you can have any rally you want to, and it's not Antifa's job to determine what's a First Amendment right and what isn't. And I'm getting somewhere here because it's interesting how. Uh, and, he, and here's a little bit from from what happened. This is a guy. Fuck who, out. Go. Don't touch me. I'm not touching you. Don't fucking look at me. How about you get the fuck out? Pardon the language, because these so these people are in masks and 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 cussing at them and doing whatever. And this is from a person who arrived uh, at this place called Chapman Square in downtown Portland. And these animals with this group Antifa uh, continue, and, and it was sad to hear actually somebody. Uh, uh, Somebody refer to them as anti-fascist because that's that's just like a that's just you know again another euphemism that gives them a positive light when you call them anti-fascists because who is an anti-fascist right so that, so I, I I disagree with how they're being portrayed uh, but nonetheless the Daily Caller uh, said that this Me Too. Uh, this him too group uh, and this this demonstration had nothing to do with politics. Uh, it, it, here's what it says: hashtag him too has nothing to do with politics, but to stand up for men too. The left is making this political, but it isn't. Men and their families are starting to become very nervous about today's blame projecting, and it's time to stand up for them together as we do women giving them a day to speak about how they feel, what they've gone through, and believe it or not, they are excited that we're not forgetting them. Instead of putting one or the other on a pedestal, men and women should be working together. Maybe this is a start. Well, that didn't, that didn't, they didn't like that they, they, in, in Portland. The Antifa mob was Fuck out yeah. in force, and they were, and they were agitating, pushing people around. Piece of shit. Nobody likes you. Women, women against white supremacy, and these guys all with their masks on. And by the way, when you when you wear a mask and you run out and you and you try to provoke people and you push people around, that's terrorism. That's thuggery right there. That that is that you're and plus on top of that, you're a coward. But I mean, when you're running, you're running around, and I can't really. I mean, if you have kids in the car or whatever, I don't want to. I won't have to play this. This language is is horrible. But it's the Portland Antifa. So how surprising is it that I see that the FBI has decided to classify the Proud Boys as an extremist group? Isn't that interesting? Now, now um, they say that the group is now designated with ties to white nationalism. 
And this is a report produced by Washington law enforcement there. So isn't it odd? I'm just I'm watching video after video after video of a bunch of Antifa punks who are uh, beating people up and yelling at people and screaming at people. And only to pick up the news here and see that, wow, the FBI is classifying the Proud Boys as an extremist group. And, and apparently Antifa is not an extremist group at all. The FBI now classifies the far-right Proud Boys as an extremist group with ties to white nationalism. The FBI's 2018 designation of the self-convinced Western chauvinist group has ex- as extremist has not been previously made public. And as you know, the Proud Boys was founded by the... Uh, uh, co-founder Gavin McInnes, who was uh, uh, founder of uh, it was with Vice Media. It's kind of a group out there, like a like a you know blogging group and, a, and an activist group. McInnes has insisted that his group is not white nationalist or alt right, but it says here the Proud Boys have a history of misogyny and glorifying violence. The Southern Poverty Law Center lists them as a hate group. The document also says that the FBI has warned local law enforcement agencies that the Proud Boys are actively recruiting in the Pacific Northwest. And Proud Boys members have contributed to the recent escalation of violence at political rallies. It sounds to me like the very definition of Antifa, not the Proud Boys. The report and the FBI's warning to Southwest Washington police agencies about the Proud Boys' role in escalating violence these events came in August. And, 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 the, and the whole story, it's, it's crazy. The whole story is about the Proud Boys and how they are escalating violence and everything else. And there's not one mention of Antifa. And I'm, and I'm going, and all you have to do is, for instance, Google Antifa in Portland. And and uh, and and you see that they they are the ones who are beating people up and yelling at people and screaming at people and do and doing whatever. They're, they're the ones that are that are hammering people and 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 screaming at people and getting in people's faces. Not the Proud Boys. And and, and if and if you look at all the video out there and see what's going on here, you can actually see. Uh, that uh, that 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 how odd it is that the FBI isn't even considering referring to Antifa as an extremist group, but that's pretty damn extreme if you look at the video and you look at what they're doing. That's pretty damn extreme. And again, I'm not saying the Proud Boys. I, I don't I don't know much about them. I've never really talked to them. I, I don't really, uh, and, and so I, I don't know exactly everything that they're doing, and, and and if it is determined that they're an extremist group according to the FBI or a hate group according to the Southern Poverty Law Centers, what what does it make Antifa? 
I mean, and and, and I guess the, I, I guess what Antifa doesn't call itself Antifa, or uh, they don't. They, what is it about Antifa that apparently is being ignored by law enforcement and the rest of the media? Um, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure that out. Like, what what is it about these people that uh, that makes them different than? Than, than than the others out there. So there's your... You can't keep up with it, folks. That's the problem. You can't keep up with the hypocrisy and the double standard out there. So the questions you have to ask yourself, for instance, would be, why is it that when a Mexican calls people from Central America invaders, they are looked upon sympathetically by some people in the media... Or just completely ignored by many people in the media. And yet Americans call them invaders and they're racists. President Trump calls them invaders and he's a xenophobe and a racist. How is it that we can watch video after video after video of Antifa thugs hitting people, screaming at people and denying people their rights to assemble and to speak and yet it's the proud boys that are designated an extremist group by law enforcement that's very weird we are live from the discovery design truck care and manufacturing studios folks and thank you so much for your support and for uh, your support of radio free elm and thank you to proctor drapery proctor spelled like doctor 45 years in the window fashion business. That's where uh, my buddy Michael has been. 45 years. And started when he was, oh, uh, 23 years old. And he actually worked for a, another window fashion company and decided he was kind of going to go out on his own and, and do his own thing. And, boy, has he done great. 45 years Seven days a week, he'll come to your house. Doesn't matter whether it's Saturday, Sunday, or beyond. Uh, 45 years. And he's your interior designer. He is uh, the person who hangs it all, has all the, all the equipment, all the hardware. And he is competing with the higher-end guys. He's competing with some of the guys who actually uh, do some of the most luxury window treatment work around. And... His value is amazing, and he competes with them head-to-head, and it's, uh, it's right on. He's a good guy. Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. Woven wood shades and Roman shades, motorized shades, you name it, he's got it for you at Proctor Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. Also, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME, is where you're going to find him. And he is uh, a super guy, too. And I love having uh, I love having him on my side, and I love having him uh, supporting the show. He's my insurance agent, so you're getting low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time. 855-QUOTE-ME at the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. Also had a conversation with um, 
with Ricky Hall yesterday, and uh, he's saying you guys are hitting the website, nhq.rocks, Nutrition HQ, because he's uh, got a couple things for the ladies and a couple things for the guys. So the Winoline and the Virilitat, which is kind of a little test booster. It's not really significant. It's just, but it just just helps you along, keeps you kind of stable. And the winoline is a really great fat burner for you. And I do both. I love it. And for the ladies, uh, it's Lady Lean and Tone Complex, which are two really very uh, good products as well. That's just on the on the female side for you. And he's got all that for you guys. So as you're going into the holidays uh, and, and you want to, and, and a lot of you are very busy and your schedules are really busy and you don't have all the time in the world to do, uh, do whatever it is you're doing and getting, getting your workouts in, then, then uh, you really are, are, it's pretty amazing what you uh, uh, can do just by just simply hitting Nutrition HQ there in Rock Hill. Manchester tonight, or going to the website nhq.rocks and making sure you let them know that it's uh, can't keep uh, can't keep up with your workouts, and they're going to go ahead and, and help you out with that at nhq.rocks. It's veteran owned, and it's he's a good guy. So you know, you guys watch the Thanksgiving Day parade. <laughs> I've got my. I've got my. Uh, it's apparently it's going to be like wickedly cold for the Macy's Day Parade, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I've got my uh, wind chill map up again, and this is as of uh, just about forty minutes ago. The wind chill map. I don't know. I don't understand why they have to have uh, a. Uh, yeah, people are having. I, I'm sorry about Facebook guys. Somebody's having. They're, they're having. Uh, we don't really know what what is uh, what is going on there, but uh, something something is up. I'm seeing people popping on. I just don't see uh, numbers up there, Matt. Do we have any idea what's going on with that? Because I mean, I, I uh, uh, yeah, I I. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Is it is it only for us? Oh, uh huh, huh. So what are the so is it so uh, so I'm not I so is it just me then? Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because I mean my I have my. Um, I don't know whether they, they are they just messing with me because that'll piss me off if they're just messing with me because I, I don't I don't like that idea um, at all if they're doing that to me because I, I I haven't done anything I played friggin' the first time ever I saw your face. So like I was coming in here and I'm trying to hit share right just so we can reshare it to our page. And if I hit share to a page, tap. Doesn't doesn't share. And as soon as I hit post, oh, let me through. 
Oh, went through this time. Took me eight tries. It kept saying post failed, and when I would click it, it would say, we don't know what's wrong. Yeah. So now what are you doing now with that then? So I was hoping that if we reshared the fact that we're live, we would reach our people again because it, it seems like we're not even reaching anybody. Your, your stats are super low on the post, too. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that, I'm trying to figure that out. But now I'm but, – but the uh, – the, uh, the but is it is it all over Facebook? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Okay. So I'll let you know here in just a minute. Because I because I I mean I I mean I don't know man I'm not doing anything uh, uh, I'm not doing anything that would would merit them. I, I played the first time ever I saw your face. It was like the first problem I had, and, and that was it. So I I don't know uh, what's going on there. Yeah. You have you been you've been kicked off the app or you've been kicked off the uh the Facebook page. I don't know what's what's going on. Um Yeah. Uh Yeah. All right. Um Yeah, I, I don't know what's I don't know what's uh happening. Um yeah. Well, we. Yeah. All right. I I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I I'm I'm trying to. Uh, Okay. All right. Um Yeah. Okay. Uh well, I I guess I don't know what I don't know what else to to say. It's just Facebook's screwing up. That's one of the that's one of the problems is when you when you when you're dependent on the on the platforms like that. That's just the way it goes, I guess. But now keep in mind, we, we did, we, I thought we fixed the app. So, I mean, I thought the app itself, actually the streaming app should be working fine. Um, and, and, and we, we don't, is it the streaming apps working fine? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. So we fixed some of the, uh, some of it might be still glitchy, but we did go ahead and have them. Uh, the version works great for the app. Yeah. So, the new version. The new yeah. So, do do people have to get the new version of the app then? They do need to check for updates. Yes, like the, whenever a new update will come out for the app, it'll be on their on the app store, and they just click update. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, if you guys are if you guys look uh, on the app itself and you see the updates on there, uh, you have to update it. If if there's an update available, go ahead and 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 get the update, and and uh, and and you're there. So anyway, uh, the the situation with the wind chill—I don't know why. I still don't know why they do the wind chill thing, but I, I, it just makes it worse than it is. But nonetheless, if you if you look at this map of the current wind chills, again, I'm looking all around the country, and the, the, and in the southeast, it's warmer, and, and also in the in South Texas and South. California, but even if you go towards San Diego, the temperature I'm seeing with the current wind chill is 40 degrees. 
So most of the country, the temperatures, if you include the wind chill, are not going much above 40 degrees. And, and, and actually, in the Northeast, they're expecting the coldest Thanksgiving ever. And, and, and uh, the temperatures right now all throughout the, uh, the country basically are an average 25 degrees below average. Now, apparently, I'd heard that we were going to be around the 50s by the time. Uh... Oh, great. Jamie, Facebook is doing, uh, is doing maintenance on their site. Why is Facebook doing maintenance on their site right now? Anyway, the, the and and the and the Macy's uh, parade apparently is going to be like just a a a, a uh, it's going to be in the uh, low twenties in Manhattan, but because of the wind chill, it'll feel like it's in the teens. It's the coldest projected Thanksgiving on record since '96. And uh, again, the, the the people who are the enviro nuts have created a scenario where where uh, where it's no longer global warming now, and then now they have to call it climate change because uh, it's not global warming. So it's like, yeah, but then this flu- this this drastic flux is uh, is another example of uh, man made pollution. It's like, come on. I mean, let me let's put it this way. Where do we is there anybody that has any intelligence out there? When are we going to have people who are from from who are science based who are finally going to step forward and say, you know what? This happens. This is what this this kind of stuff happens every once in a while. Where you get fluctuations of temperatures. No kidding. It's like why why else do you when you uh, when you when you have a situation where uh, you have I I love it when I when when you when in the rare chance you watch the news, I love it when you watch the news and they say uh, that it's going to be the coldest Thanksgiving in St. Louis for you know since 1903. It's like. Okay, yeah. So it was cold in 1903. It's the it's the or or it's the it's the hottest. July 7th that we've had. The last time it was this hot on July 7th was 1882. And you're thinking, oh, that was even before automobiles. And so, so when are we finally just going to kind of get with it here and, and, and understand that, you know what, sometimes it gets really hot and sometimes it gets really cold. Sometimes it rains a lot, and sometimes it snows a lot. Sometimes it snows really early, and sometimes it snows on Easter. And sometimes it's a, it's 90 degrees on Easter. I mean, why does everything have to have some political movement to it why does everything have to have some kind of background excuse for some left-wing kook to change our lives over it and plus (laughs) i I also i'm telling you this like i'm telling you all these temperatures like it's kind of ridiculous that we're even discussing it 
It's like, yeah, it's uh, it's November. I get it. It's cold. It's around Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's warm on Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's cold on Thanksgiving. So uh, why is everybody, you know, everybody, for, and, 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 and again, I'm, I'm the one reading you the damn uh, uh, chill map, but I'm just trying, I'm using it as a, an example of how, you know, this kind of stuff happens, and, and the people who are claiming that some kind of crazy, wild, you know, weather phenomenon are 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 out of their are, their only motive trying to do um uh, do do this for um the purpose of trying to change your lives, and then of course there's probably a profit motivation to it too. Uh, by the way. Uh, if sustained winds in New York City exceed 23 miles an hour or gusts are... It's supposed to be windy <laughs> up there. So, like, the Grinch balloon and the Charlie Brown balloon and SpongeBob SquarePants, they could be they could be grounded because of the winds up there. It'd be the first time the city has grounded the balloons since when? Last year? The year before? No, 1971. What what was going on in 1971? I don't know. Nothing. It was just life. It was just the way things work out. It's how sometimes things are going to be pretty cold. Damn, it's a cold Easter. Boy, it's a cold Easter. You know, it's a, you know. I mean, when when are they when are they going to try to assign some? Uh, some deal to the uh, uh, to to the uh, to the football game that scored one hundred and four points or one hundred and five points, I should say. It was the, I think the highest scoring uh, Monday Night Football game ever. What's going on? What are people doing? What's happening? Is this because of steroids or or is it because of the what, what, no no? It's just a high scoring game. 54 to 51 Rams beat the Chiefs in you know blah blah, blah in Lo- in Los Angeles this was actually this game was supposed to be in Mexico City in fact my son Ethan and a couple of his friends bought tickets and went to Mexico City for this game and then a, w- a week before the game was supposed to be played they announced that the turf wasn't adequate so they had to move it to LA and my son's like, what? I mean, we we bought tickets. You know, we we did, they did the whole. You know, obviously got the hotel and the and the and the uh, airfare and everything to Mexico City, and then they moved the game from Mexico City to L.A. because it it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't uh, the field wasn't good enough. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so w- when did you determine that the field wasn't good enough? Like, like, and and why is it that you can't, for instance, uh, uh, get a uh, field prepared for this for this game in a week? You can't do after all that. After saying you're going to take it to Mexico City, you can't you can't do that. This is one of those times where I wish I was actually playing. Well, I, or having a Rams or a Chiefs, this is probably going to be what the Super Bowl looks like anyway. 
But uh, I was I was thinking to myself when when I was doing uh, the uh, the fantasy football man. If you had fantasy football, you happen to have some key players here. Uh, you were you you made some damn good. Uh, I mean, uh, Jared Goff over there. I don't know how many how many touchdowns he threw, but you know he was a winner there. Uh, Pat, boom, one, two. Three, four, yeah, four touchdown passes. That would have been got. That would have been giving you some good points. And uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I that 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 was disappointing because Ethan was like, you know, we're kind of stuck. And I go, well, can you go to L.A.? He goes, no, we already have tickets down here. All right. So, do you think the Facebook maintenance has anything to do with the fact that? Um, Facebook and Netflix are all almost going right right down the tubes. I don't know whether you guys have been monitoring what's have ha, uh, ha, happening, but but they say that they're now uh, three of the companies within the big tech quartet have what they say is have entered into what they say are death crosses with 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 Facebook and Netflix and Google Parent. Alphabet. Welcome to Trading Nation. I'm Mike Santoli. The Fang stocks reeling on Monday. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Alphabet sinking as the broader Nasdaq continues to get crushed. With the recent selling, three of the four names have entered the dreaded death cross. That's when the 50-day moving average crosses below its 200-day moving average. So is this a sign? It's time to lay these once-beloved stocks to rest. Ari Wald is with Oppenheimer. Stacey Gilbert is with Susquehanna to address that question. Ari, uh, obviously, a lot of market value have come out of these stocks. Let's put it this way. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want my name associated with a terminology called death cross. That's for sure. <laughs> Hurry, maybe they overshot to the upside. Uh, can you look at the overall FANG uh, charge structure and, and make any conclusions as to whether it's getting overdone? Yeah, you got it. And, and speaking in terms of these death crosses, uh, it, it, I kind of frame it like this. Every major decline, Mike, starts with a death cross. But the thing is, not every death cross leads to a, a major decline. In fact, it could just be representative uh, of, a tre- uh, of a reversal into a range and just really sloppy price action. And, and that's my, what we might have here. Looking at the equally weighted 10-member uh, New York Stock Exchange FANG Plus Index, it is broken. Uh, it really got started on the October breakdown below 2,700. Uh, the breakdown below 2,700 uh, should now be viewed as kind of the upper limit uh, for price action. That I, I think that support, former support is now going to become resistance uh, looking at the downside, 2300 is now the, the key support level to really key on and to really make sure if this is just a range and not a prolonged downtrend. I watch this stuff and I have no idea what they're talking about. These guys, I have, I just have, I mean, there, there there's probably a select few people who, uh, who have, uh, you have a a knowledge of fang and death crosses and all that kind of stuff um but but you know i just uh i just don't know um i don't know anything about it i i'm just i'll just wait and see i don't even know whether i even have even my my mutual funds of stocks in there i i don't even know 
you see what happened um, locally? You see what happened at this uh, Catholic supply store in St. Louis County? Gee whiz. This guy goes in there and, and uh, shoots someone and then sexually assaults them, uh, another person, at this Catholic supply store on Manchester Road on Monday. Uh, 53 years old, the, 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 the victim of the shooting. Uh, police spokesman said at a news conference at about five yesterday that investigators had no idea of a motive and, and, and no one knows what the hell was going on there. Uh, this morning, uh, they don't really have any new information necessarily. Uh, and, uh, apparently, um, they can't tell whether that the woman worked at the store or whatever, but the attacker was a guy, fat dude, about five seven, uh, forty to fifty, black jacket, blue jeans, a large belt, black or gray hat, and uh, it's three thirty afternoon in the afternoon, one of the busiest you know roads in St. Louis County, and. Uh, you know, some someone in the store called, and, and they they shut down this entire shopping plaza. And someone in the store called uh, from the store, and uh, it, it, we don't we don't know who what happened or whether there was anything motivated by the. Uh, uh, by 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 the actual fact that it was Catholic supply. Um, but we really don't, re- really don't, uh, have any more information other than that. I know that if you guys have some more info, then, then let us know, but I'm trying to figure out too, uh, there's a, there, what, I don't know what that is. The, um, this is kind of interesting when you look at the, um, crime in West County. So I'm looking at kind of a a crime tracker here, which is interesting. And and the place that's seeing the biggest increase in crime, in this case, total crime in Baldwin, up 53% from the same six-month period last year. In Rock Hill... Total crime is up 45% from the same six-month uh, last year. And now keep in mind, it's, it's, uh, that doesn't mean that it's, it's rampant crime because it, you're starting from a low level as it is. But I'm looking at these places where um, crime has skyrocketed. Here's one in, in Pagedale up 48%. But the numbers I'm actually seeing that are that are fairly significant, you know, you've got town and country, they have they have had no change. And in Ladue, crime is up 28% from the same 6-month period last year. And then in uh Maryland Heights, it's up 25%. 
And so you're finding little Woodson Terrace, all right, whatever, but Ladue. But the places that are seeing the biggest increase in crime, Rock Hill and Ellisville. No, let's see, Baldwin. Sorry if you're in. I, I know that people are very sensitive about this, so I want to make sure I'm, I'm accurate. Uh, and then you have, um, like, Velda City. It must be a hellhole. The, 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 the crime is up 88%. What's going on there? I hate to laugh about it, but it's Velda City. Let's see, Velda City, and then you have that little area there. What is that? Oh, must be unincorporated. But yeah, Velda City and, and Pagedale, those areas up there are all uh, seeing like 88% increases. But nonetheless, uh, that that's a concern. Although I have to tell you, it's really interesting. I was in... Um, I kind of live around the Galleria and uh, in that in that general area. And it was interesting because a couple of there's been two times already in the year where shoplifters or people who've stolen something from the mall or from that area have run through my backyard like on a Sunday, and each time they've run through the backyard, it was, uh, it, was, it, was, um, it was when normally I would be out there at the pool. But for whatever reason, one time I was at a, uh, the, the girls had a piano recital, so I wasn't out there. And another time, I don't know why I wasn't there, but I came home. I was out there at the pool. You know, I'd go out in the morning or whatever and kind of clean things up and, you know, get whatever debris out of the pool maybe or do whatever then take off and go do what I was going to do. And then I came back and uh, I came back one day and I saw a uh, baby onesie on one of the pool loungers still on a hanger. And I was like, what is this baby onesie doing out here on on, on a on a uh, on on this lounger on a still on a hanger? So it was like just a little onesie outfit. I can't remember what it was, but it was like a little boy's onesie outfit. And I was thinking to myself, what the hell's going on here? Like, what is this? It was kind of spooky, actually, because you know, my mind is like, is someone leaving me a sign? I'm like, well, what kind of sign would that be? I don't know what kind of sign it would be. Some creepy, oh, let's leave him. Let's leave a onesie on the hanger on his pool furniture and see how he reacts. And I kind of, I kind of like discarded that. I was like, who, what kind of sign would that be? You know, somebody leaving a onesie on your pool lounger. Oh, you know, the old fashioned onesie on a pool lounger. Warning. We've seen this before. No, I have never seen it before. So anyway, I bring it in the house because I want to ask the kids about people about when they get home. I want to ask my family about it. So I bring it in the house and I'm said, uh, and so they come in the house after being out too. And I'm like, um, why was there a onesie on the, do you guys know whether there might've been a onesie on the, on the pool lounger on a hanger still? Like with a price tag on it and everything else still. And they said, oh, 
That was from earlier when a a couple people from the uh, from some store or some mall, strip mall, someplace. They were they ran through the backyard, being chased by the police, and apparently dropped the uh, onesie as they were fleeing the police. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it, it's uh. It's 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 really pretty crazy, uh, and, and and so I was like, oh, okay, so that, that so that so that was it, huh? It was it was it, that that was the mystery of the onesie on the pool lounger, but yeah, and and keep in mind, here's what happened. Um, there, uh, MetroLink in certain areas, and I don't think it's in Baldwin, but but where I am. Basically, Metrolink is a criminal import terminal, is what that is. And these people pop off Metrolink and go in and steal from the uh, from the mall there, from the Galleria, and, and and then they get back on their Metrolink, or or they or they hop off a of Metrolink and just break into cars everywhere around there, and then they hop back on. And, and and I'm sorry, but that's what ha- that's what happens. That's that's what's going on. It's the only way these criminals have any kind have been have any kind of uh, transportation or whatever is the, is when they hop on MetroLink and take advantage of the criminal import terminal right there in Brentwood, and they pop off that baby and just go in and steal the Galleria blind. And, and commit crimes and everything else, and and oftentimes, uh, you know, the the gallery can barely do anything about it. But but that's what's uh, that's what's going on there is they they steal the place blind. You know, in other crime news, I got to tell you, I I've been it, this this story that that uh, actually G and I talked about um, a while back. This Watts guy who um, wound up uh, who who killed his uh, pregnant wife. Sorry about it. I don't mean to, I don't cover a lot of crime. I'm sorry, but I want to, I want to discuss this since we discussed it. He was finally, uh, um, sentenced, uh, yesterday. And, uh, he was sentenced to life without parole for the murders of his, uh, pregnant wife, Shannon, and his daughter Celeste and Bella, uh, all because of the uh, the fact that he was having an affair with a coworker, uh, and um, and 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 decided it was going to be uh, uh, a uh, uh, easier for him to 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 kill his family. It's like it's just the most vile, disgusting kind of crime you could possibly imagine. And so he's sentenced to uh, three life terms without parole. And and I'm not quite sure he's going to have a very easy time in prison, I guarantee you. But but the fact of the matter is um, prosecutors uh, didn't pursue the death penalty uh, in large part because uh, Shannon's family 
didn't want to uh, didn't want to pursue it and 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 didn't want that to be happening so they so they they in exchange for the guilty plea they went ahead and and uh did not pursue the death penalty for this case the, the, the family basically agreed to those to those terms but i have to tell you and and and, and you have to be a I mean, you really have to be, and, I, and I'm not gonna. I don't want to depress you, but I, but I want to just get this story over with because we covered it early on, and and uh, G and I actually explored this quite a bit when she was on with me, and she'll be on again soon. But um, once she gets her stupid car fixed or whatever that is going on, my car broke down. I can't be in. Gee, you better get that car fixed. And every time we've wanted to have her on, she's like, can't make it in. She notifies me an hour before or the night before. Sometimes you do. I'm just kidding you there, Gia. But nonetheless, uh, I want you in, but but uh, we just get to make it happen. So anyway, we're talking about this story, and uh, and, and actually originally when it happened, I, this was before he was actually arrested. I, I can't remember. But, but, but and, here's, and here's the thing about these crime things. Normally what happens is, uh, the the people who investigate these kinds of crimes sometimes will uh, be tipped off by the nature of the body disposal. So, it, 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 so oftentimes people who are uh, murdered by family members, usually the telltale sign is that usually what happens is these individuals who killed them will, will will like wrap them in blankets and things like that it's it's kind of like this weird uh uh human condition but it, but it, but it basically is a telltale sign that, that people who gratuitously kill somebody normally just kill them and leave them and and do whatever or dump them or whatever but usually they can always tell when a family member is responsible because the bodies are taken care of to a certain degree. And I, I'm, I'm almost, I'm sorry if I'm creeping you out, but, the, but, but people, people generally that are wrapped in blankets have been killed by someone who they know. That's just kind of what, what happens because there's a certain level of weird caretaking or whatever that goes on there. So the, the fact that this guy did this to his family and then did that to his daughter's I mean, it, it takes a it takes a special kind of evil beast to do that to your daughters, and and I'm not just I mean, obviously killing them is the worst bad thing, but but the 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 idea that you would just stuff them into some some barrel that's highly unusual. Uh, to to be a uh, to to when you kill loved ones uh, and, and and dispose of them in that fashion you really are you really are terrible i mean you're you're there's there's something that that's not that's almost subhuman to to uh to not only do that but also then to just simply dump them in some crate someplace or some barrel like that that's that's actually uh, very unusual in the in the world of homicide for a uh, 
for a person who uh, who does something like that. That's a that's a that's a very um, unusual thing to have happen. Uh, and and most homicide detectives usually would be shocked that that it was someone that, that when they find somebody stuffed in a barrel like that, it would shock them if it was someone they who actually knew them. And so it, it just it just makes this guy even more horrible than you can than you can possibly imagine. So anyway, we've just put a cap on that and I'll stop uh, depressing you about that. All right, so um, remember we've been following this case with uh, with Mia Love, Congresswoman Mia Love, and, and that's the congressional race there in in Utah, and it's Salt Lake City, and now it turns out that uh, at one point there were some you know, ballot recounting and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and on the other hand, it's, uh, it's now over. And so the Democrat who also happens to be the Salt Lake city, uh, Salt Lake County mayor, Ben McAdams has claimed victory over Mia Love. And she basically was defeated by 739 votes in the fourth congressional district race there. And Mia Love is a, is a very interesting, uh, interesting study in what happens to you when you are wishy-washy about a very popular president in the Republican party. And you're a Republican. And they basically president trump recorded a supportive message for her and her campaign because for the most part they were they were trying to avoid any ties to president trump well that's a huge mistake and you're going to lose when that happens and and people who did not support president trump lost or people who 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 wanted to try to deny him usually lost. And Mia Love's a good example of that. There's another component here I'm gonna to get to in a second. But uh Mia Love is a great example of what happens when uh you're a gutless Republican and, and and you're and you're listening to too many of the anti Trumpers there in Utah. People like Mitt Romney. You think you're gonna ingratiate yourself with a Senator Mitt Romney by being a um a wishy-washy Republican and Mia Love probably figured, well, you know, I'm a black woman and, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose this baby. How can I, but I'm not going to associate with him and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's fine. So what happens to you when that happens? You lose. And she did. And that's what happens when Republicans uh, try to deny the president. And Mia Love's a great example. She was actually a very promising figure. I mean, she was a uh, startup person. She was she she kind of had the the full support at one point. Um, she was very active in the Tea Party, and just an overall considered to be a, a star in the party. And now she's lost her congressional election. She's an incumbent who lost in Utah. 
a Republican, which is kind of usually pretty hard to do. But here's the other component there that that perhaps uh, is also being underplayed. And she actually might have been harmed not only by her lack of a commitment to President Trump, but she might have also been harmed by Fox News. Breitbart has a story up this morning, and I I talked to you a little bit about it earlier. Breitbart has a story up this morning talking about how the Fox News people called the Democratic victory in the House, they called it, for uh, uh, for the for the Democrats, well before uh, um, she they were it was the election was over. So you had um, you had the uh, situation with what happened in Orange County, and you have some uh, votes there in Orange County. Some of these races were decided by just a uh, few hundred votes, some of these races, decided by a few hundred votes votes in Orange County, California. You're trying to figure out, well, how did Democrats sweep Orange County, California? How did that become a, a blue wave in Orange County? Well, there's a possibility that people who are sitting there on the highway, and Republicans, by the way, actually are the ones that actually go to the polls. They tend as a group not to vote early like Democrats do. So Republicans actually go to the polls to vote. It's just kind of been generally based on some studies, a trend that the people who vote early for the most part are Democrats and, and, and elections oftentimes for Republicans happen at the polling places. They go to the polling places. So, you're there in Orange County, and let's say you're on your on the highway. It's it's about six thirty. Uh, the polls are closing uh, soon, or five thirty, whatever it happens to be. And uh, Fox News reports that Democrats have taken over the House, and you're like, "Well, okay, I can go vote, or I cannot go vote." If I go vote, does it even matter? I just heard that the Democrats have taken over the House. So what's the use of going in? Now, as I said earlier, I generally wouldn't uh, I wouldn't do that. I'd still go and vote. But there are some people, you know, their, their schedules are tight. And if, if, if they see some kind of reason not to go and vote uh, and, and, and they can actually get something done like or get home earlier or do whatever – uh, then they then they make that choice. So there's a possibility there were some people who uh, didn't go and vote because they heard from Fox that the that the that it was over, even though it was a, it was 90 minutes before the polling places closed. Fox News went on and reported that the uh, the show was over that that Democrats had taken over the House. So now keep in mind, Utah also happens to be on the West coast. And there's a strong possibility that, uh, that maybe that affected Mia Love's race. I don't know. Maybe there were people who were just like, okay, well, 
that's over. I'm not going to go and vote because since the Democrats have taken over the House. They need to know about individual races, and, 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 and obviously I would wait to find out what the individual races were. But keep in mind, humans are humans. People are people. And if you're just a little bit on the fence about whether or not you really have time to go vote, and you're sitting there in traffic and you have a choice to either take this exit that goes home or that exit that goes to the polling place, so you go and stand in line or whatever, there's a good possibility when you're hearing on the radio that the House has been taken over by Democrats, you go ahead and peel off the exit going home. Just saying, people do that. You see uh, see the latest from Ocasio-Cortez, you know, uh, she's she's the... Uh, She's not good enough to be House Speaker, according to Kaysen. She's not quite there yet. It's still that House Speakership still belongs to uh, the old white lady in the canoe. But Ocasio Cortez is brilliant, according to uh, according to Mark Kaysen. Because yesterday he was like, "Have you ever heard her interviewed?" I'm like, "Yeah, I have." She doesn't really come across all that. Intelligently, she does. She she she's asked sometimes pointed questions about you know how she's going to pay through all of her social programs and everything else, and she can barely answer the question. So, yeah, have you ever heard her interviewed? She's brilliant. It's like, okay, how about when she's on Twitter and and she talks about uh, the future of. Uh, She's a democratic socialist, they call her, you know. And so, and she went to Boston University, by the way, which is not a slouch school, had a bachelor's degree in economics and international relations, which, believe me, I, I've, the international relations thing is, that's code for, I didn't do anything. International relations. I remember that when I was in college. Studying international relations. There's really nothing. There's really. I, I'm sure. That I listen. I'm not demeaning you if you have a degree in international relations. I'm just saying the international relations studies program that I knew when I was in school was was wasn't much. You you, you basically spent a lot of time reading uh, the Paris Match. That's about it. So anyway, here's Ocasio Cortez. I don't know what's wrong with this sentence. Do you guys do you guys uh, have any idea? Is that should we? And if we work our butts off to make sure that we take back all three chambers of Congress, uh, <laughs> rather all three chambers of government, the presidency, the Senate, and the House in 2020, we can't start working in 2020. Is that should we? And if we work our butts off to make sure that we take back all three chambers of Congress, uh, rather all three chambers of government. Okay. So uh, she's a, she's a Congresswoman, you know, just want to let you know. And she's, and she's the, she's uh, according to Mark case in the future of the democratic party, just let you know. Our butts off to make sure that we take back all three chambers of Congress, uh, rather all three chambers of government. So she, first she said all three chambers of Congress, and then she corrected herself. 
if you want to call this a correction, and said all three chambers of government. Now, of course, uh, generally, we don't I, – I, I've never I, – I, it's hard for me to fathom when you're talking about the three branches of government that you would even refer to them as three chambers of government. Like you, you wouldn't even – I've never even heard that terminology ever of people saying the three chambers of government. Uh, and uh, but okay, so let's just pretend you actually had a little bit of a knowledge about the three chambers. See, three chambers of government. Let's just say you you just mistook it was just a word you missed, and and instead of branches, you said chambers. I get it. Well, then at the very least, then you'd get. Let's just say you just accidentally called the branches chambers. You'd still at least get the three correct, right? Because because the, the the three chambers of government would not be the House, the Senate, and the White House. It would be the executive, legislative, and judicial chambers of government. Even if you – let's just give her the benefit of the doubt and say she just mixed up a word chambers and, 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 and branches. I get it. But, it, but at least then – get the three right once you get that going because apparently she's on to something. Something is clicking in her in her pea brain. I think I heard before there were three somethings of government. It's like, okay. And then initially she said three chambers of Congress. It's like, Lord, I mean, I, I, how do you, I mean, how does anybody, I mean, I, I, I'm not quite sure, I mean, I'm sorry to say, but I'm not quite sure you could, you could find, if you had a group of, let's say, uh, 12, 14-year-old girls, and I'm using girls because Ocasio-Cortez is a female, if you had, like, uh, a group of, uh, 12, 14-year-old girls, I would venture to guess generally if you ask them what the three branches of government were, they could probably tell you. Unless I, unless I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm under uh, over, uh, uh, overestimating the, the school system out there. But I think by the time you're in middle school, you kind of know that there are three branches of government. And you certainly know that even if you mistake the three branches for three chambers, you get the three right. But I don't know. Maybe I'm, I, maybe I'm mistaken. To make sure that we take back all three chambers of Congress. Uh, all three chambers of government. I mean, that's pretty stupid. I'm sorry, I, I, and 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 I I I'm I'm not you know I don't have any hatred or anything for Ocasio Cortez, and and I certainly don't uh, uh, have any you know meanness to that. But that's pretty that's pretty unusual for a congressperson, a member of Congress, not to kind of know how that goes. I don't I don't want to belabor it, but uh, generally. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> generally, you get it right. So, yeah, I, I, I just and, and I'm just I'm hearkening. I'm hearkening back to when uh, when when uh, when Mark Hayson sat here on my air and, and talked about and bragged about how have you ever heard Ocasio Cortez interviewed? I'm like, I hope she's not interviewed about the three chambers of government. Ah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, um the uh Ocasio Cortez meanwhile has kind of come come around on uh on the dispute among Democrats in terms of Nancy Pelosi as speaker of the house. Uh she uh she was actually she she actually seemed to be a little bit almost a little bit defensive of her uh but 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 generally um she she kind of uh went after the anti pelosi dems and, and and said that her people really aren't necessarily reflective of in any way, shape, or form, necessarily of the Democratic Party, and she was interviewed by Hayes about that, and seemed to be, you know, kind of, kind of. Uh, There's luggage that falls apart. Half and half, you know, defensive of Nancy Pelosi, and and this is another example, to tell you the truth, of what happens when you have wandered into an area where you shouldn't wander into. And I said the other day to Mark Kaysen, I said, keep in mind, Ocasio-Cortez will ultimately be co-opted by Nancy Pelosi in the end. She, this is what happens when you actually check into orientation. You get a swag bag. Look at that. Isn't that so cute? So I jokingly call it a swag bag, but... What we actually need as elected officials is very high security data devices. So that's what's inside this bag, a new tablet and a new phone. Guys, there are secret underground tunnels. So Chris Hayes is doing this little interview with her and talking about process that we can transition into. It really kind of opens up the window to show that anyone can serve. And is that the sort of idea here? I think, you? you know, I, I think if you can work a dorm uh, washing machine, yeah, <laughs> which is exactly. what that looks like. You know, I didn't I didn't go into it with some grand strategy. Right, but yeah. I think that this is really the value that I've been hearing from a lot of people to be getting from this. So one of the uh, one of the sort of big issues right now is this leadership fight. Mm-hmm. So there are 16 House Democrats who signed a letter saying the time has come for new leadership, basically saying they won't vote for Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Ben McAdams wins in Utah, that's uh, they're one vote short of blocking her. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you and how do you read this fight? Well, for me, when I when I was reading this letter that was kind of a, a release today, my main concern was that there is no vision, there is no common value, there is no goal that is really articulated in this letter aside from we need to change. And for me, what that says is, you know, I do think that we got uh, sent to Congress on a mandate to change how government works, to change uh, what government even looks like. But uh 
if we are not on the same page about changing the systems and the values and how we're going to adapt as a party for the future, then what is the point of just changing our party leadership just for the sake of it? I- yeah. So that didn't take long, did it? That didn't take long for Nancy Pelosi to work her magic by sprinkling a little fairy dust into the face of Ocasio-Cortez, right? Because, or let's put it this way. I'll put it a different way. It didn't take long for Nancy Pelosi to present Ocasio-Cortez with an apple asking her to take a little bite of the apple. Here, dear, take a little bite of this apple. It's delicious. By the way, this is after, and then suddenly Ocasio-Cortez is asleep. This is the same Ocasio-Cortez, by the way, who dropped by the office of Nancy Pelosi, not to see Nancy Pelosi, but to greet protesters who were standing in front of her office. To to greet protesters who were standing in front of Nancy Pelosi's office, and and she offered them words of encouragement. Way to go. And at first, it was seen by many, including me, as a sign that Ocasio-Cortez was going to go to D.C. as a Democrat and kind of fight the power and and maybe even topple the age-old leadership of the Democratic Party and change it. So much so that there were some people who were saying that Ocasio-Cortez should be Speaker of the House. I think that'd be great. Speaker of the Third Chamber of Government. No, there's a Third Chamber of Congress. <laughs> I, I can't wait to be Speaker of the Third Chamber of Congress. I'm going to be fantastic. I'm amazing. Once I get to the Third Chamber of Congress, what's the Third Chamber of Congress? I, I, no, I'm sorry, three chambers of government. I, well, the first Chamber of Government. It's like, okay. So... Did you notice then what happened here over a matter of like three days? Ocasio-Cortez was last seen outside of Nancy Pelosi's office encouraging protesters outside of Nancy Pelosi's office. And everybody's like, whoa, wow, man, this new upstart uh, rock star is really facing off with uh, old... uh, entrenched Democrat politician named Nancy Pelosi. This is going to be interesting. Grab the popcorn. So we all grab the popcorn. But as I told you early on, it doesn't take long when there are women around Nancy Pelosi for Nancy Pelosi to grab the apple and have all of these little youngins take a bite of that apple, and they go to sleep all of a sudden. Suddenly, they're just not a threat anymore. And I told you early on, and we got into a fight about this with Mark Kaysen as well, 
Nancy Pelosi, as much as she talks about women power and female power and women leadership, she doesn't let she doesn't let any of these young women past her. What what women has Nancy Pelosi groomed for leadership roles in the Democratic Party, specifically in the House? What has she done for anybody? I mean, remember when Debbie Wasserman Schultz was kind of a rising star? What happened to her? What happened to Debbie? Notice that, that she kind of went away, didn't she? Is there anybody else? And how is it possible that Nancy Pelosi, who's supposedly the big, you know, female promoter and everything else, is suddenly always when you turn around kind of the only one there? Hi, it's me again. Hi, everybody. I mean, we're like, where are all the other where are all the other women? Are they they're asleep? Don't you worry your pretty little heads. I mean, they're all they're sleeping. They're taking a nap right now. The, 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 I'll wake them up when it's time for them to to be part of my, you know, the government. It's fine. You just just don't don't. I got it all under control. Don't you worry about it. They're all back there sleeping. Yeah, because that's what she does. She just kind of like uh, makes these people invisible. So how is it possible that? Ocasio-Cortez, upon election, and then up in D.C. for her little first little visit, she's visiting protesters outside of Nancy Pelosi's office, giving them words of encouragement, and suddenly she winds up on MSNBC with Chris Hayes taking a shot at anti-Pelosi Democrats. One of the sort of big issues right now is this leadership fight. Mm -hmm. So there are 16 House Democrats who signed a letter saying the time has come for new leadership, basically saying they won't vote for Nancy Pelosi. Mm -hmm. Uh, If Ben McAdams wins in Utah, that's uh, their one vote short of blocking her. Mm -hmm. Um, Where are you and how do you read this fight? Well, for me, when I when I was reading this letter that was kind of released today, my main concern was that there is no vision, there is no common value, there is no goal that is really articulated in this letter aside from we need to change. And for me, what that says is, you know, I do think that we got uh, sent to Congress on a mandate to change how government works, to change uh, what government even looks like, but. Uh, If we are not on the same page about changing the systems and the values and how we're going to adapt as a party for the future, then what is the point of just changing our party leadership just for the sake of it? Good girl. Very good girl, Alexandria. Now, uh, you follow mommy over here. And then you just take a little bite of this apple, keep eating that apple, and you keep sleeping. We're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take good care of all you ladies like I always have. Good girl. That was pretty dramatic. That's a pretty dramatic change, if you ask me. From uh, Ocasio Cortez, the renegade Democrat Congresswoman. And and the uh and the the, uh, the 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 crazy fighter. She's gonna she's gonna topple it, and, and she, she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna fight the power, and, and, and she's going to uh, take take 
Nancy Pelosi down once and for all. And yet, boom, you take a bite of this apple, dear, and you go and take a nice long nap. And Ocasio-Cortez, although it might be harder for Pelosi to kind of bury her, but Ocasio-Cortez is going the same route as pretty much every other woman in Congress that happens to show any sign of being in any way, shape, or form influential. And so now she's sitting there uh, running interference for Nancy Pelosi and, 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 and actually taking a shot at Pelosi's critics. My, how things have changed. One bite of that apple, and she's suddenly just all on board. Got a couple of updates for you here, too. Uh, remember the, uh, I mean, I thought it was funny. The little Adam shit thing that 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 uh, President Trump put out on a tweet. And Laura Ingram's, uh, tough. you know. That's great. We all love a tough, strong president. But, you know, you don't have to, like, ridicule Adam Schiff's name. There's plenty about Adam Schiff you can yeah. take issue with substantively. And, Matt, I'll go with you on this. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, you ridiculed David Hogg's uh, grade point average. I mean, I, it's just a joke, right? I mean, it's just a – or his grade – I don't know what, what, what exactly Laura's tweet was. I defended her on it, but, I mean, it's just like, like I thought we were just kind of all having fun here. Uh, I, I don't know I don't know why it's really necessary necessarily to uh, – to kind of like decide you're going to just nitpick over President Trump's language, which apparently a lot of people on Fox, uh, uh, they they which which they 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 keep doing over there. They had they had this guy Benson and Marie Harf on on Martha's show, and they're all nitpicking over President Trump's language and and uh, you know uh, and, and and kind of like. Uh, you know, just kind of deciding they're going to just keep, keep, uh, you know, keep trolling him over, over his, you know, I wouldn't have said that. I would, I, I mean, I get it. I mean, but don't, don't make too, too much of a, uh, uh, a, uh, a deal over some things he has to say. I mean, Trump's a little bit raw. I, I get it. And, uh, I understand. And then we have, uh, the big Ivanka, email server story today and that, and that's actually becoming a big deal because you heard Kaysen earlier this morning uh, saying that basically Ivanka's email server, the private emails uh, that she sent on a private email to government people means that whatever Hillary did was all perfect uh, and, and, and therefore uh, everything now is canceled out. Scarborough was on TV this morning basically saying that um that that he he says the same thing basically this just means that that you know that we can now chant lock her up to Ivanka Trump uh and and I'm not quite sure that that that, that argument can be made be, because because here's the big difference and and again 
if Ivanka violated the rules, she violated the rules and should be held accountable to violating the rules. There's no question about that. There's, there's, if, if these rules are violated, uh, then Ivanka Trump needs to be held accountable for the, for the violation of the rules. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disputing that, and, I, and I'm not saying that uh, what she did was right, uh, but, but I think there can be uh, a legitimate argument to be made that this is a little different than what Hillary did. It doesn't make what Ivanka did right, but what Ivanka did doesn't make what Hillary did okay, because Hillary is in a far different situation regarding how she utilized her uh, th- this this server. She she had an entirely separate server, and she used. She was sending classified material over that private server. And she was avoiding the government servers altogether. Ivanka, when she was sending her emails, was it was it was within the it was a private, but it was within the government confines. So there's a lot, there's a little bit of a different story here. Now again, I'm not saying it makes what Ivanka did right. I, I but 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 I am saying that it doesn't make but what Ivanka did doesn't make what Hillary did correct, and 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 and, and uh, there's there's no way, shape or form that that you uh, that you have a situation where you you can you can uh, uh, say that this just exonerates Hillary. It just doesn't do it. Now again. If if I'm on the left and if I'm a Democrat or whatever, and I'm saying, see, people, you, I, I can see how you could say that. I can see how you could say, yeah. So, huh? Ivanka's using the uh, the private thing too. But what Hillary did was a thousand times different and more serious. What she did was a violation of the law. What Ivanka did was a violation of the rules. Hillary broke the law. It's a, it's a crime to 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 send classified information in in that fashion and, and and let it go. And keep in mind too, Hillary was also Secretary of State. So I mean, there's a there's a little bit of difference here. Again, I'm not just exonerating uh, her all uh, Ivanka altogether, but this is no reason to exonerate Hillary. So calm the hell down, Joe Scarborough and Mark Kaysen and people on the left. This isn't your your, your ticket out of Hillary. She, she still should be locked up. But they're all chanting now for Ivanka, lock her up. It's funny. All right, so um, once again, we have a situation where there has been another shooting in a state-mandated gun-free zone. And this was in Chicago. And this was at Chicago Mercy Hospital. Uh, Even the parking lot of this Mercy Hospital, where the shooting began, is mandated as gun-free, meaning you can't even have a gun in the parking lot of that place. And as you know... Uh, four people died in the shooting. So the uh, 
the the, the uh, Illinois hospitals and hospital parking lots, by law, are off limits for conceal and carry of firearms. And that was as recently as uh, September of this of this year. The language of the state's concealed carry law prohibits carrying a firearm in any building, real property, and parking area under the control of a public or private hospital or hospital affiliate, mental health facility, or nursing home. There's a guy named Juan Lopez. He's 32. He ignored the gun-free policy and killed three people. Uh, one is a uh, former fiance and and the other was a pharmaceutical assistant and the other was a Chicago police officer and uh, the crime prevention research council uh pointed this out today unfortunately this attack occurred in yet another gun free zone permitted Concealed handguns are banned in public or private hospital or hospital affiliate mental health facility or nursing home. Yet the media refuses to point out that this was yet another attack that occurred in a gun-free zone. As usual, we could not find a single news story that mentioned this attack occurred where people were not allowed to have guns for protection. The similar situation was there at the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks, California. That was another gun-free zone. California state law bars concealed carry permit holders from carrying guns for self-defense in businesses that serve alcohol for on-site consumption. And 12 people were, were killed there. At that place. Is that the heat? Good. I wore a short sleeve shirt today, but I did. Normally it's warmer in here. The heat's going on like that. The Crime Prevention Research Center says 97.8. This is all from Breitbart. Did a really good job on, on breaking this down. The uh, Crime Prevention Research Center reports that 97.8% of mass public shootings from 1950 to May 2018 occurred in gun-free zones. 97.8% of mass public shootings from 1950 to May of 2018 occurred in gun-free zones. The Virginia Tech University attack, the Aurora Movie Theater attack, the Sandy Hook Elementary attack, the D.C. Navy Yard attack, San Bernardino, Orlando Pulse, and the Parkland High School attack, Those are just a few of the places where the people who were killed 
were prohibited from carrying guns to shoot back in defense of their own lives. Now, obviously, the Parkland High School and Sandy Hook, uh, you obviously aren't, aren't expecting, um, you know, the, the, the kids to be carrying. That's not what I'm saying. They would, they would not, they would, they would not have had guns anyway. But the adults around them certainly would have, and didn't. And even in Virginia Tech, some of those people were old enough, if they if they could, to have have guns. But they were they were. But that's that's an amazing, startling stat. Ninety seven point eight. Now again, uh, you can say what you want about the gun free zones, but at the very least, why is it that the news media doesn't report a fact like that? That 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 these took place in a gun-free zone. Why wouldn't the media report something like that? Because let's put it this way. Let's say it was an attack that took place in a uh, knock-yourself-out-carry-guns-all-you-want zone or in in a zone where guns were allowed. What do you what do you what do you think the story what, 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 like if they were explicitly allowed, you know, like there were signs that says, yeah, feel free to have a gun. That how do you think that would be reported? Well, it, of course it'd be reported by the media because they always believe that guns are uh, the the main cause of uh, of the problem, not the people behind the guns, and so that so that so. A gun-free zone where where people are not allowed by law to, and they're law-abiding citizens, so they comply with the law. They're not allowed to carry a gun. Now, keep in mind, um, I would I would I would violate that all day long. A a, a gun-free zone uh, deal. I, I do I do it all day long, and, and unless the gun like fell out of my uh, pocket or out of my waistband, uh, there'd be no way they'd catch me anyway. So uh, so a gun free zone uh, makes no difference to me. The, you have a library or you have a whatever, and you no guns allowed. It's like, yeah, thank you, thanks for telling me. But I, but I would, I would never, in a million years, abide by a gun-free zone uh, deal. If I, if 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 I if I knew there was a chance I'd get caught, like I like like I wouldn't carry a gun in an airplane, you know, obviously because they'd check me. But as long as I wasn't being checked, I'd I'd bring my gun in there, a gun-free zone, and just and and just risk it. You know, usually what happens is, like, for instance, if you, like, if you go to a library or someplace and and they say, um, or or if you go to an establishment, like a like a a business or something that says no gun free zone, uh, if you if you somehow get caught with a gun, the worst that can happen is they just tell you to get out. I mean, they they can't they can't prosecute you. It's kind of like uh, when they say no shoes, no shirt, no service. Well, you go in there with no shoes and no shirt on, they'll kick you out. And if you don't leave, then suddenly you're, you, you, they can call the police or do whatever. But then, then you just leave if, you, if, if they catch you. But uh, otherwise, I'd, I'd carry 
a gun in a gun-free zone all day. Those are just suggestions to me. But they certainly are suggestions to the people who who want to commit crimes. This guy, I don't know whether even he thought about the gun-free zone aspect. Who knows? When people are violent and they want to kill uh, and they want to do something, generally they're not very thoughtful about, well, let's see, uh, you know, they, they don't think about things. But you have to admit that, that you know, uh, a gun-free zone for any – because usually people who commit crimes like that are cowards. So, so they're uh, – you know, they're, they're, sometimes people will avoid places where they know people are armed. I mean, I, that's just that's just you know how things how things work. Generally, um, when people know that there's a chance that you have a gun, they generally don't mess with you. Sometimes people who want to actually hurt you and do that, they don't they don't they they they're, they're not very thoughtful about that kind of stuff. But you know, this guy might have just figured, hell, nobody's gonna. I, I'm gonna go in there and 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 I'm gonna attack my former fiance. And the only way probably anybody's going to get in my way is if they're a police officer. And he was hell-bent on shooting a police. He didn't care about that either. So he went and did that. But that's a startling statistic. 97.8% of mass public shootings from 1950 to May of 2018 took place in gun-free zones, y'all. All right. Well, thank you to all of you listening to the show. I'm sorry, but the Facebook was doing maintenance today. So for whatever reason, the Facebook thing uh, became a real pain in the rear end. So uh, that created some problems. So I'm sorry about that, but I hope the app app worked for you fine. And uh, that's how that whole thing rolled down. I didn't even drink my monster today. Yeah, uh, uh, that's probably why I'm yawning. The cold brew, though, went down very well. So that was awesome. All right, thank you to the Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing Group. These guys are great for all of your uh, truck care needs and for all of your efforts to build that fleet. Maybe you're a builder, you're a hauler, whatever it is. If you need some help, if you need some equipment attached to that truck, ddtruckusa.com is the place for you to roll and rock. Also, ladies and gentlemen, thank you to Santino Cigars and Cocktails. I hope you guys are maybe planning, if you're off Friday, pop on down there. That'd be a great time to have a little happy hour or Wednesday, tomorrow evening, for your little pre-Thanksgiving toddy. They've got 84 different kinds of craft beers, 180 plus different kinds of liquors there for you. So if you're having trouble finding a certain kind of whiskey that you like, I guarantee you they have it at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. And also don't forget, folks, if you mention my name and say that Radio Free Almond sent you, they're going to lay on you a free cigar. So check that out, too. That's kind of cool. You can smoke it right there in the confines of Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Vogel Road and Arnold. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell, the Matthew Mitchell All-State Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. 
thank you to Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Tracy Ellis. Rick and Tracy. TracyEllis.com. And thank you to Ricky Hall. Nutrition HQ. NHQ.rocks is where you're going to find both the female weight maintenance, fat burner, hormone builder, and the male weight maintenance, fat burner, testosterone builder at NHQ.rocks right there at Manchester and McKnight in Rock Hill. NHQ.rocks. And thank you to Golden Oak Lending. Get in while the getting's good. Two months. No payments on your mortgage payments. Two months should help you out through the holiday season. 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. And you mention my name and you're going to get a mortgage checkup, but you're going to get a free appraisal with the mortgage checkup. So that's going to be awesome. And yeah, when you refi, two months of float. So we'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.